The only thing I have for Meg is that, girl, honestly, nobody is your friend unless they came with you from before you were famous. Um, unfortunately, people um, will do what they feel like they need to do to get ahead. Yo, what's good? It's your boy, Southbridge706. This is KTSDM, episode 58, where we don't do nothing, we just kick it. Uh, happy Father's Day to everyone out there, uh, to our father, to the fathers, the fathers that are not with us. Celebrate y'all, the future fathers, everybody out there, hold it down. Uh, the mothers that think they're fathers, that like to get on Twitter and slander their sperm donors, uh, we want to celebrate you too. Uh, special shout out to Mr. Alexis. Okay, we don't really know, but we're obligated to cover all bases. Shout out to the homie Mr. Alexius who uh, tied the knot to his lovely bride. Uh, the Twitter legend, definitely check him out. Follow him. He's a she has a big guy. Ass. Oh, you know what? But respect to the institution of marriage, man. That's a lucky brother. That's a lucky brother. I like to celebrate our black kings that are out here making, uh, you know, making women honest out here. So shout oh, to yeah. them. Definitely follow him on Twitter. And uh, yeah, how's everybody's week? How's the week? It's going great. Just, uh, a lot of good games. A lot of decent music but uh so far so good no problems the week is going very swell as uh my uh pigment intolerant brethren will say um my my surgery is healing up very well i should be able to show my face again soon because i know all you bitches out there want to see it uh i'm still the ac3 savage you know just doing my thing aka val penis having just the just living the best life, you know, man. Um, I graduate at the end of this year. I feel so good. It's been a long journey. Shout out to that old cracker-ass cocksucker, Mr. Boyette, who used to give me hall passes and said I wouldn't do anything in life. You know, you you took his class, too. You know how he is. He's old, bald-headed hey, ass. I would, just say, I would just say RIP because he's pretty old. We're yeah, in school. He, he's, he's probably, probably dead by now. <laughs> and I remember, look. Wait a minute. In class, he had this nasty ass picture of his wife in a b- bikini. It was disgusting. So first of all, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to shame shame old love, but this man, this white man told me I wasn't going to ever amount to anything. And just to let you know, it's been a long time. It's been a long ride and journey. I've sold drugs. I've went to jail. Allegedly. allegedly, allegedly. I graduate at the end of this year. So fuck you, Mr. Boyette. Thank you. Allegedly. Woo! Uh, welcome to the pod, Rev. Uh, how was your weekend going? Hopefully no drug dealing or selling was going on in your uh, life, unless that's what you want to do. Uh, no, that was last weekend. I usually alternate weekends with my drug dealing. Um, I that. Yeah, got to keep it, you know, half business. It's party in the front, drug in the back. Um, what was I going to say? I don't know. My weekend's, you know, been a weekend. I uh, ruined my wall in my bathroom by accident trying to paint it. Um, and drywall paper started coming off, so just got that, you know, did some DIY on that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the pioneer woman, basically. I puttied the entire wall. It looks brand new. All I got to do is paint it. Again. So, you know, and they can still really proud of themselves for that. So. <laughs> I respect that. Um, so if you follow me on Twitter, you know I'm a coffee connoisseur. I drink at least mm, a minimum of, like, three to four cups of coffee a day. Really? Uh, yes. Yeah. I'm a legend. That's sick. That's so, sick. 
sadly last week while I was trying to figure out what was wrong with my refrigerator because the ice maker just stopped working. It's fixed now, but I don't know what happened. It just kind of flipped out. But in me trying to do that, I knocked over my coffee pot and it shattered all over the floor, right? Mm. I was devastated because, like I said, I drink like three or four cups a day. I have a substitute coffee maker at, at my place of employment that I had to use, but it wasn't the same as waking up to that fresh cup. So I cut myself on the <laughs> glass of the coffee maker that I broke, and then I was more upset. Then I went on Amazon, right, and ordered another coffee pot. You know, Amazon got the Prime. It's going to be the next day. I'm like, bet. So I get home, chilling, watching The Good Doctor, whatever, excellent show if you haven't watched it. And I'm like, yo, where's my coffee pot at? Because I need this coffee tomorrow morning for breakfast Give me started for the day. So I'm like, damn, they finessed me. But the truth is, is I finessed myself. I went to my Amazon checkout cart, and there was the coffee pot still sitting there not purchased. So I was I was devastated. So I immediately ordered another one. Jesus. Yeah. And it got here Thursday, but apparently somehow I ordered two coffee pots. Right? Two brand new coffee pots. So I'm like, you know what? Whatever. Never had enough coffee pots. So I take the coffee pot out the box and I put it into the coffee maker and lo and behold, it does not fit. Does not work at all. So that was a waste of $25. I was like, (coughs) right? So then I take the other coffee pot out and I put it in there. It also does not fit. So I was, I was hurt two times, but the second one came with a little adapter piece that you switch out the top and it activates the little dripper thing and it saved the day. So I've got fresh coffee every day. I'm happy. Life is good. Just want y'all to hear the L's that I took this week, you know, but we, we, we rise above it. We you rise sound above like it. Belle when she was trying to get crack before she was <laughs> Definitely crackhead behavior to go to those links just for a cup of coffee when you can just go to like Starbucks or something like Jesus. I mean, look, I'm not gonna lie, I whip it up better than Starbucks. Shout out to Starbucks is probably in the top two worst jobs I've ever had in my life. So shout out to them. Shout but, out to the worst job ever. Bruh, that shit was yeah, terrible. Worked, she's like a dog. No, that shit was that shit was ass cheeks. Unless oh. they want to sponsor us, then it was the greatest job I've ever had. Shout out to the uh Americano. But anywho. Um, other things that were asked but were not asked was uh, Juneteenth, right? So Juneteenth is made an official federal holiday. You know what I'm saying? The, the government workers got off work, shout to them. The troops got off, support the troops, all that jazz. But I think it was a little bit of a mistake. Um, I saw a bit of uh, absent mining advertisement going on for these companies. And sometimes it's good to be silent. Like, Everybody does need to have a com- commenta- commentation on everything. Everybody can just be quiet sometimes. Uh, the one that stood out to me is that a hockey team, which is a sport that black people do not give a fuck about, had their logo, a shark, <laughs> breaking the chains. <laughs> freeing the oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I like it. Very forward thinking. <laughs> Somebody tweeted out like, yo. It was trying- like the sharks that was eating slaves jumping from the ship. It was there like, I'm go. not part of this no more. I'm breaking the chains, too. Stop the whole cycle. Shout out to the San Jose Sharks for that. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I mean, shout out to them for making it a holiday. But I've seen a lot of chatter on Twitter that this is kind of a lip service. Uh, we didn't ask for this. You know, we're not mad at it. But, like, what about the laws that the our Asian brethren and sisters got passed, right? What about some more protections for black people? What about actually allowing uh, schools to teach 
actual history that tells the story of black people being enslaved. Like, what about those things? Again, I'm not mad at the, at, at the holiday or whatever, but what about like the things that actually kind of matter, right? Russ, what, what are your takes? Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, at first I was saying nobody asked for this, but somebody from Texas was like, actually, no people from Galveston have been um, asking for Juneteenth to be a federal holiday. So congratulations to those people. I do not mind Juneteenth being a holiday, like you said, but there are a lot of missing links and a lot of steps that this like is, I think, meant to like overlook like, oh, we made Juneteenth a federal holiday. So all these other things you've been asking for, like reparations and protections from, you know, police sanction or state sanction, you know, harm. We're not going to give you none of those. We'll just make June 19th a holiday. And it's like black people are going to celebrate Juneteenth anyway. Um, so it was like, can we get a holiday and something else or like, you know, things that we actually need? Because um, if you can't teach history or parts of history in schools, how are you going to teach about Juneteenth? So I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Uh, I would actually like to have seen black people uh, get justice more frequently if being killed by the police before Juneteenth became a holiday. But apparently people were very interested in singing Lift Every Voice. Um, <laughs> I, heard about, I heard about that. I did not watch it. <laughs> I mean, Pelosi was singing out there. Nah. Yeah, oh, they wow. love the Claw. I mean, I saw in the, the preview of the newest Madden coming out, they had the little end racism things in the end zone still, so I guess that's that's still a thing. I, I think, you know, that's that's progress to them, right? Anger all the 12-year-old white kids that are going to call me the N-word in the chat. <laughs> I'm, I'm beating the brakes yeah. off them in Madden as N-racism is like in the back of the end. N-racism. Yes. Yeah, as I'm is. actively being called the N-word, yes. Yes. Shout, <laughs> shout out to Trump. But anyway, Marcus, what are, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I did see it uh, before, the, before the game started. They had like an unveiling, like a bronze like head of george floyd oh wait, wait oh, oh pause okay yeah, yeah i forgot all about that so and this i don't is mean a, to laugh i'm not i'm not no, laughing at no. him but you know this is a this is a 700 pound bronze statue in uh, newark new jersey right and again kind of like with juneteenth like who asked for this right like he he wasn't from new jersey i don't think you didn't die in new jersey right um no. I get uh, Cory Booker was the mayor of New Jersey for a long time and improved it a lot, but New Jersey is still very, very, very hoodish, right? And, and my first thought of seeing that was like, it's going to be a very, very sad backdrop of you getting brutalized by the police in front of a George Floyd statue. Like, that's going to be a bad. That's going to be a bad look, and it's it's bound to happen unless unless they put it near like the Whole Foods that's down there, which they built. But I feel like those two things don't go together. I feel like you're not going to put the George Floyd statue near the area that's not where the black people congregate, if that makes sense. So, kind of like Martin Luther King Boulevard thing. Yeah. yeah. You, I, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. They're going to vandalize this shit out of that statue. That thing is going to be. I, I, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of black people in the work. Like, I, I, think, I think they'll take care of it, but it's just like, for, for what? You know what I'm saying? Like I don't, I don't think that symbolism necessarily was needed. Like Newark or New Jersey has a lot of prominent black people that are from that state. You know what I'm saying? A lot of very famous yeah. black people from that state. Some are a little coonish, but it is what it is. Shaquille O'Neal, but I mean, it, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think it's like a, a like a 
big problem because like I guess the uh, George Floyd's brother was there. Like he was, you know, there at the unveiling. So I'm guessing that's the thing. Like he he probably was appreciative of it. But like as a whole, like that is not our idea of progress. Because in that same year, last year, uh, Breonna Taylor got killed too. Like, does she get a statue or anything? Like, what is this? What does this symbolize? What does this mean without any like change of legislation or laws or anything like that or payments or anything? Like, what is all? What does that mean? You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just kind of like. Why are we just giving out these things to people? Like the uh, actually in in relation to this George Floyd thing, um, the girl that recorded his murder got a Pulitzer Prize, I believe, some type of an award. And I saw that, and I was just like, I don't know. It didn't it didn't really feel right because I remember reading stories about her how she was like she was threatened, and then she had like mental health issues because of it because she had to she literally witnessed this dude's murder. You know, it's an eight minute long video. And she was just sitting there recording it and she has her own type of personal trauma. And it's like, you think maybe over time she's getting over that. And then they just come back around and say like, hey, remember, remember the worst day of your life? Hey, we're going to celebrate that today. Like, what? No thing like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't really like some of these things that they're doing out of here. It's so, like when you are like in a relationship that is like obviously toxic and like your partner keeps cheating on you. And it's like, I'm not going to stop cheating on you, right? But I'll buy you a necklace. How's that? And it's like, this is just an empty gesture. It doesn't change the harm that you've caused. It doesn't change the harm that you're going to continue to cause. So it's just like, at, at what point is it like, I, I don't want to put it on our, like at the people, citizens, you know, lap to be like, make the, figure this out but it's just like what what can we do to to reject these empty gestures like i don't i don't want a, a bust of brianna taylor in front of the seattle storms practice facility or something weird like i want justice i want like real systemic change it's it's weird so it kind of adding to the weirdness as i was looking up that story i found that there is also a six foot tall statue of George Floyd's head in Brooklyn that was also unveiled. Why? Because he's on Mars. And it's got like a papoose verse as like the quote on it. Like papoose. <laughs> he's what they gave us to say, hey, you know what? This out of all the hundreds of murders that we've done, this is the one that we're the sorriest for. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna put up statues and pictures of his head, we'll award him some money, and now everything's all even. The thing that's really disgusting to me is you know, you had um the China flu as they called it, uh went on for about a year. They that's posted, racist, but let's whatever. Keep they they put out a lot of videos of black people hitting and whooping up on Chinese people and Asians and stuff like that. They got their crime bill in three months. Emmett Till died 70 years ago for whistling at a white woman. And that was supposed to be our crime bill for lynching. And we never got it. Like it, he was whistling at a white woman. And, and it's like time and time again, we see different black people murdered for the most erroneous of reasons. Now I do realize not all of it is like that. I mean, some you know, sometimes things just happen in the line of duty, but a lot of times niggas is just getting clapped for no apparent reasons. Niggas get snatched up 
out the streets. You got uh, Where Are Girls movement, where it was like a ton, thousands of black women just missing in thin air. Like everything in the world that we go through, we can't even get a hate crime bill, but you know, we'll award you a million dollars, $11 million one time for one person because we were caught red handed. We'll give you a couple statues and in, in places where it's meaningless. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, George Floyd was from Houston. I know he was like a part of like the DJ, the screwed up clicking stuff like that back in the day. Um, so I thought he was like from Houston or something like that. Of course, he was murdered uh, in Minnesota. I, I think it was Minneapolis. I'm not 100% sure. And what what does Newark have to do with it? What does Brooklyn have to do with it? I mean, it's cool, but you know, it, it goes back to what I just brought up with the Martin Luther King thing. Every city I've been to that has an MLK or Martin Luther King Boulevard is in the ghetto. It's in the worst possible areas. So you're putting this stuff in the worst possible area. Here you go, Negro. Just shut up and take what we give to you. Here's your here's your biscuit. Here's your cookie. You know, just go on about your business. Then the Juneteenth, I mean, with the day that celebrated on, the way that they're kind of acting about it. I mean, it's just it's some wild stuff, man. Definitely some wild stuff and some buck breaking going on. Watch it's your just, back. This is kind of like we're we're putting up these statues to commemorate the murder of a black man in America. Yet there are still mad Confederate statues, schools named after Confederate generals. Kind of like this doesn't even really balance anything out. And, and the worst part about this is, and they're they're putting them in like I guess more predominantly black areas. The second or minute they're vandalized, certain news networks going to be all over like, oh look what we did for you guys. We're trying to show that we care, and this is what you animals do to the statue. Meanwhile, like Mr. Savage said, Emmett Teal's what gravesite gets shot up like on a yearly basis, right? But you know what I'm saying? Like they're they're quick to jump on us for some empty gestures. So I'm just like, how much did that cost? I feel like that money could have been put somewhere Way else. Way more than it would have cost to just enact change, like to just sign a bill. It's way more expensive to keep paying out families for shooting their loved ones in the middle of the street. And then commemorating them, quote unquote, with brass statues and gold statues in front of random places than to just enact change, which shows me that you have no intention of enacting change. You just want to keep pacifying us. And I'm happy that people are increasingly being like, no, that nobody more. We need more. I don't know if we'll ever if by we, I mean, like us, if we'll ever get to see that more, like if that'll ever happen in our lifetime. I would hope so. Um, but, you know, them, hashtag them, they seem very, they seem way more interested in, you know, the press and the, the photo opportunity of singing, you know, you know, slave songs on, you know, CNN live than signing a piece of paper and saying, hey, here's voting rights. Uh, let's make Election Day a federal holiday so people of color, Black people specifically, don't have to worry about getting fired to go and vote so that they can make change in their community. Empty gestures, actual change, they choose empty gestures. Yep. But, I mean, if, if we want to try to spin some positives on this, like, well, I don't think there's really, honestly, any positives on the statues. I think that causes more problems in the long run. But I guess with the holiday, I guess it, it can force some conversations, like, like a lot of people outside of Texas, I mean, me, I'm, I'm going to speak for myself. I didn't really know too much about Juneteenth until recently because, hey, guess what? They don't teach that stuff in school. 
like the stuff they're trying to take out of history books and textbooks mm -hmm. is directly tied to it. So I guess it does force the conversation or at least bring it to the table like, hey, why are we off today? Oh, it's this Juneteenth shit. Oh, okay. Well, let me maybe Google it and see what's like. I think at the bare minimum, that's what we'll get out of it. But like I said, I I think I'm really happy that black people have something to celebrate. I mean, not that Juneteenth just started this year, but I'm happy that more black people specifically are finding a reason to celebrate um, and they're able to, you know, enjoy each other outside. Um, I really hope that as a collective community that, we, and I mean this, I hope that we gatekeep this. Like, it's not for everybody. It's too late. It's not. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> the toothpaste is already at the toothpaste. But I just wish we could. That's what that's what making it a federal holiday kind of sucks. Like now everybody feels like they can celebrate. Like you need to go to work, girl. That's not for you. <laughs> you need to clock in at the CVS. But then you're gonna have people that are like, okay, well, I'm one fifteenth black or I'm oh. like like the Ronda Rouseys and stuff like that. <laughs> so it's gonna be hard to police it. But I mean, it does at least start a conversation about what it is. But I mean, I just wanna say, can y'all imagine? I don't know the exact year that they found out, but you're you're in you're in Texas. It's hot as a motherfucker outside, and they finally come and say, "Hey, you niggas, y'all was free two oh, years wow. ago. You're just working for free." Yeah. Like how? I, like I just the anger. <laughs> yeah, so like, bro, two years. Understand how there wasn't like a revolution that happened after that where they just killed everybody. Like that. I think that, that, that was my like, all right, well, I guess. And then, like, you know, there's like a little bit of relief of like, <sighs> and then there's a little bit of like, but two years though, for real. <laughs> yeah, like, like, come on, bro. Like, y'all gonna cut me a check? Like, do I get like some back pay or something? Like, come on, bro. So, then they just started reconstruction. <laughs> slavery light. <-like. laughs> <laughs> Diet slavery. I'm gonna go to Texas to celebrate for real though. Like, I need to get to down the gavel center, like Houston and celebrate Juneteenth. I bet it's lit. I mean, are you fully vaxxed or what's what's going on? Yeah, I'm double fucked up. Oh, okay. So I, I guess I guess you're not on the uh, the Cole Beasley program, huh? No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I don't have CTE. Thanks, though. <laughs> okay, first of all, it's not the Cole Beasley program because I'm not vaccinated. So you know, cool. y'all do y'all's thing. I'll be safe. You be safe. All right, John Stockton. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if you hadn't heard the Cole Beasley thing, like uh, he felt the need to release like a whole press relief. Press, be, press release, I'm sorry, for why he's not getting vaccinated. Uh, I believe he did that after he got flamed up on Twitter for tweeting some nonsense. And then, you know, he got in his feelings. It's like, oh, well, it's my right. It's my body. You know, I've been doing research. I, I, do I need to read this whole thing? I'm going to read this whole thing. No, nah, you don't. I think <laughs> no, nah, I do. I do. I do. <laughs> for, for full context. Huh, Kobe just said, look. I'm going to live my one life like I want to, regardless. Everyone, hi, I'm Cole Beasley. I'm not vaccinated. I'll be outside doing what I do. I'll be out in public. If you're scared of me, then steer clear. Oh, he's a white man, so that you probably should anyways. Or get vaccinated. Point blank, period. I may die of COVID, but I'd rather die actually living. <laughs> he's, he's talking like he has like cancer or something like that. I have family members whose days are numbered. If they want to come see me and stay at my house, then they are coming regardless of protocol. Uh... Newsflash, most of those have been lifted. I don't play for money anymore. Okay. My family has been taken care of. Find me if you want to. My way of living and my values are more important to me than a dollar. I love my teammates and enjoy playing ball because all the outside BS goes out the window in these moments. 
I just want to win the Super Bowl and enjoy these relationships that would be created along the way. I'm not going to take meds for a leg that isn't broken. I'd rather take my chances with COVID and build up my immunity that isn't broken. I'd rather take my chances with COVID and build up my immunity that way. Eat better, drink water, exercise, and do what I think is necessary to be a healthy individual. That is uh, all caps, my choice, based on all caps, my experiences, and what I think is best. I play for free this year to live the life how I've lived from day one. If I'm forced into retirement, so be it. I've enjoyed the times I've had. I get to live freely with my wife, kids, and extended family forever. We get to enjoy the times that we missed from the sacrifice we had to make just so I could play this wonderful game. So either way, it's win-win. That's where I stand. Thank you for everyone who's been supportive throughout this process. A lot of other NFL players hold my position as well, but aren't in the right place in their careers to be so outspoken. I feel for you and that I'm hoping I'm doing my part to represent you guys well. <sighs> Hold on, standing ovation. Look, this is my thing. Oh my god. It's your body is your right. Do whatever you want to do. I don't need to hear you took the vaccination. I don't need to hear you don't took the va- you didn't take the vaccination. I don't need to know who you voted for. I don't need to know who you believe in, who you worship, anything like that. Just keep it to yourself at the end of the day. And I, I kind of agree with him in a sense. It's just it's really none of our business. I mean, you you don't have to tell us. You've already well, said that but you, you made it our business when he tweeted it out, though. Yeah, he did. You're right. You're right. He did make it our business, and he did that, but he shouldn't have did it. I mean, if you don't want to take it and you want to risk your life, that's on you. You know what I'm saying? Different people, they have their own reasons for doing different things. That's my only point. He said that. No, so I totally agree. If you don't, I'm not here to be like, take the vaccine or don't take the vaccine. I don't even regularly get a flu vaccine. Like, and it's not because I don't believe in them. It's mostly because I just forget every year. But I totally agree. You don't have to take the vaccine. And I also prefer if you didn't tell me whether you did or didn't. I don't care. Well, I care if you're in my like personal space. I would like to know then. But you know, anybody regular, I don't care what you're doing. My only like hang up, and it's not even a hang up. I would just like go back to him. He said you don't fix a leg that isn't broken. But you do take preventative measures. Like you do make sure that you're strengthening that leg and that you're if you you know feel a little twinge, you might put an e brace on or you might go to like therapy, like, hey, I'm having an issue here, it feels a little tight, I'm feeling a little crampy right here. So you do take preventative care on things that aren't broken. And I feel like vaccines are that. Now, whether you choose to do that preventative care is completely up to you. But I it's always a little confusing when people are like, Oh, well, I don't take a I don't take vaccines because they just make you sick. And it's like, well, that's not what they do. And two, you do a lot of things to prevent yourself from getting sick. So why not just add that? Uh, but Cole basically can do what he, want, he wants. He, like he said, he's not playing for money anymore. He's playing strictly for the enjoyment of the game. He's already well off. I I mean, I don't know how well off that is. Yeah, I need to look <laughs> That's not my business. Maybe he's big in crypto. I don't know. I hope that he is as safe as possible. I hope that he stays healthy. I hope he doesn't spread anything. If he is asymptomatic, I hope he doesn't harm the people in his life whose days are numbered. He's not helping them at all by not <laughs> trying to help, by trying to, you know, remain unsick. So, you know, I wish Cole Beasley the best, and I hope that, uh, you know, he doesn't get sick and that he isn't forced into an early retirement over a vaccine. So. Yeah, this seems like a lot of, 
uh, me, 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 I, 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 selfish, diva, wide receiver stuff that they claim to not like. So I'm waiting on the uh, Fox News people and the Jason Whitlocks to tell this man to shut up and dribble. Like, I don't care about all this stuff. Like, and, and, and it's, it's weird because it's just like, yeah, you don't have to take the vaccine, do whatever and all that stuff. But it's just like, do you not realize how dangerous the sport you actually play is? Like, and all the things you have to do just to get ready to play football, like turtle shots and uh, working out, like all the things that you have to do, the, the strict regimen that you have. And it's just like they preach all this team first, be a team guy, do what it takes to win. So if you don't get vaccinated and there's the, like they sent out a memo about all the things that you can and can't do. Like if you're a player that is vaccinated compared to a player that's not there are certain restrictions, and if you get near somebody, you can't, uh, you know, play in a game. So it's just like if you don't do these certain things, you're going to cause your team to not be as good because you're not going to be there. So it's like, do you care about the team winning or not? Because right now you're starting to look like one of those selfish me type players, and I thought that we didn't like those guys, or is it just because they're black? I don't know. That's what. <laughs> I mean, Cole Beasley, he almost had a thousand yards receiving last year. He had uh, 82 receptions. That's not that's not terrible. And I mean, and he's and he's a good he's a good player, but like I said, it's just like I thought we wanted people to do whatever it takes to win the game. And I think to be the best teammate and to help your your team out, being vaccinated would probably help. But you know, I I, I get it, but I just didn't need I didn't need to hear it. I really didn't. Like, if you have a problem, I, I, talk to your player rep or whoever. But these are the rules that they came out with. Like, there's certain things, like, you apparently you can't you can't use the sauna, the team sauna. They have, like, no social media marketing sponsorship activities permitted. May, like, may not leave team hotel to eat in restaurants. May not interact with anybody outside the team. Uh, traveling party during team. Like, there's just certain restrictions that you have. So you just have to deal with that. Either get vaccinated or don't, but that's what the rule is. And there's to me, that's kind of pigeonholing people into getting vaccinated, though. Like, in okay, okay, in life, like that's life. You they make rules, you abide by them, you don't. Like, trying to make them get vaccinated, I think that's them trying to make the best decision of like, here's the thing that can help you not get sick, and you don't want that. So now we're gonna have to impose these rules to help you even further. You don't want to be vaccinated to get the privileges of eating in a restaurant again. So we got to make sure to protect our product that you don't get sick. And sorry, that is a very drastic measure. You can't go out with the team. You can't get in the sauna. We also don't want it, uh, the NFL tied to your marketing, um, your marketing things. And so you're unvaccinated. Nobody wants to be tied to you. It's unfortunate. It's like a scarlet letter. Like, oh, I'm unvaccinated. But it's a choice you made. And so if you don't want to be vaccinated, then like, you know, Marcus and Tom Reed said, you got to follow some rules. And you cannot be vaccinated for as long as you want to, but you also got to follow those rules for as long as you're unvaccinated. Or retire. But I I, I do like when people try to explain this because they kind of further expose how stupid they are. Like, all right, he said, these are his words, I'd rather take my chances with COVID and build up my immunity that way. Like, he says that, like, COVID hasn't killed a gajillion people. I think it's, like, up to 600,000 people in the United States as of now, right? And he said, eat better, drink water, 
exercise and do what I think is necessary to be a healthy individual. Like, I don't recall the CDC saying that, yo, CDC, any reputable doctor saying that eating better and drinking water and exercising is what is necessary to avoid COVID. Especially considering that Von Miller also got COVID, who was like a physical specimen of a man. And Jason Tatum has also gotten COVID. And these are two people that are like, Can't I got and I have not been okay since. Like, I don't breathe the same. I use an inhaler now. Like, my body feels weird after COVID. I don't know why you would want to go through that. Yeah, I, it's just, it, it never makes sense to me with, with COVID that with COVID specifically, everybody becomes WebMD, right? Mm-hmm. Like, at now they need to do all their own individual research. Or now they don't trust doctors. Now they don't trust scientists. Like, I guarantee you, if there's somebody in his family that has some sort of disease or needs some help, I'm pretty sure drinking water and exercising is not going to be on the list of things to do. The first thing is, hey, let's get them to a doctor to see what's wrong with them. Not, hey, you know, I, it's my body. I, I know what I can do to make this, make this go away. Yada, yada, yada. Like, stop it. Please I stop. He, I wonder if he uses that same excuse to like go raw on, on women. Like, <laughs> Do I not need to wear a condom? Because it's like I'll just take my chances. I can it's my body. Exactly. My body. I, mean, I can just fight this. I can fight these herpes off. Like whatever. I don't need to take any. I don't need to take any preventative measures. Herpes can't kill me. Or I'll just quit. Uh, whatever. Like that's definitely an uh, apples to oranges thing. But okay, yeah, I get close you. enough. I mean, my my whole thing is this. At the end of the day, and I understand. You know, now the three of you versus the one of me. I have not been vaccinated. And I've never been the type to, I mean, you do what you want to do with your life. At the end of the day, with the amount of research that I do on my own, I can't speak for Cole, Cole Beasley or anybody else. At the end of the day in Tuskegee, they were testing out uh, all sorts of horrible things on black people. And I know you just dropped your head and you guys are, Bad you know, you trust everything that you put in your body now. And I get it. And then they'll say, oh, well, you know, you eat fast food, you drink beer, you do this, you do that. But at the end of the day, for them to come up with a vaccine in under a year, I don't mind if somebody says they want to be cautious, if they if they want to take their time and wait a little bit prior to actually taking this. And I feel like you shouldn't be shunned because of it. So, and so, it seems like it's a whole attitude of some people that are like, oh, well, you know, I took the vaccine, so I feel a certain type of way. I'm not trying to say anything about you guys. I'm saying in general. Oh, I took, a, I took the vaccine because I'm this and this and this, and now I can do this and this and this. But then you have like Chris Paul, he tested positive for COVID. He took the vaccine. So you can still get it. It's just supposed to prevent you from dying. So it's not like it's something that's going to definitely stop it or not. And like I said, you may just have people that are a bit cautious, which is it's not a right or wrong thing. Like you could be cautious. I don't want the syphilis they gave niggas in Tuskegee or AIDS in Africa or anything else these white people have done to us. But I mean, no, it just is what it is. Real, real, real quick. Was so sorry. Go ahead. Real quick, let's do a fact check. A lot of people get the uh, Tuskegee experiments confused. They weren't giving black people syphilis. They were just not treating them for syphilis. Mm-hmm. Big, big difference. But continue. I so this is not me trying to convince you. This is just me giving you my reasoning for getting vaccinated. I um at first i was like dang they came they came up with that vaccine really quickly but they had already been working on mrna vaccines prior to this they just kind of like repurposed 
Um, it, and I also got vaccinated because I have a lot of people <sighs> around. <laughs> I got a lot of people around me um, who, if I were to get sick and pass it to them, I probably would probably would be okay. But that was would likely be a death sentence for them. So I wanted to keep the people around me as safe as possible. And so I got the vaccine. Luckily, I have not had COVID that I know of, um, either prior to the vaccine or after. And also, luckily, I didn't experience any side effects. I totally don't see anything wrong if you decide that I you don't want to be an experiment. I would just say that you likely are not an experiment, and these are vaccines that are decades in the making. This this one was just expedited because of the gravity of the situation. Well, I, I, I'd actually be... I'd be more like fine if people would just say they're not going to take it because like people say, oh, I got to do my own research. I'm, I'm going to wait a little bit. And it's like, probably not. Like, honestly, like probably not going to do that much research on it. Because if you're going to do research on this, and it's like, what else are you going to do? Like, who, who wants to do that? Like, I'm not a doctor. Like, they're going to tell me, like, I'm going to go to Google and I'm going to see, like, what's in this vaccine. There's going to be a word that has like 13 letters in it. I don't know what that is. Like. Just say you're not gonna get it, and and I'm fine with that. If you're just like, I'm not gonna get it because I don't want to get it. That's cool. But don't I don't I don't like when people come off as like mightier than now. We're like, well, I have to do my own research before I put certain things in my body. It's like, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> just be honest. You don't want to take it, Cole. Yeah, I, I I respect Cole Beasley's honesty. Honestly, he's just like, yeah, I'm just not gonna take it. I'm just thug it out. Like, cool. If he would have been like what Sam Darnold's doing, where he's just like, oh, I just need to. Uh, I, I want to wait it out a little bit. Just say you're not going to take it. No one's forcing you to take it. You don't have to take it, but don't go out here and lie about it. This, I'm not going to get it. Cool. I know there's people in my family that are just like, I'm not going to get it. I'm like, all right, bet. But don't tell me you're going to do research. Because, pe- like, how do you even do research on it? Like, what's in the COVID vaccine? And then when you're going <laughs> to copy and paste, what's in the yeah. ingredients and cross reference it with whatever? Like, I don't know. Yeah, there's actually no COVID in the vaccine. It just tricks your body into thinking you have it, then it begins to fight it off. But that's a huge misconception. Uh, sorry for your friend, Chan. Hopefully she gets better. Did she get sick? Did she have COVID before she had vaccine? Or like, how did she get sick? Also, shout out to Ayana in the chat. What's good? Definitely subscribe to the YouTube if you haven't. Um, but yeah, it, it, like I said, it's your own choice, but don't come out here trying to sound really smart when you're not just go about your life continue to wash your hands all that good jazz just don't come around me with that that bullshit yes continue to wash your hands some of y'all are not washing y'all's hands no more that's a bigger problem than getting the vaccine wash y'all's hands that's nasty keep doing it keep washing your hands (laughs) yeah it's uh yeah, soap is uh, all of a sudden back in stock. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like all the hand sanitizer, open it up again. You need it still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, we're so nasty in this country. Yeah. So I mean, shout shout to Cole Beasley. Hopefully, he's uh, Bill's got a good squad. He seems like an integral mm-hmm. piece of that that puzzle. So hopefully, they figure it out with uh, his his teammates. So, uh, so right now. What's the score in the Hawks game? 77-81 Philadelphia. Ooh. Yeah, there's like there's like seven and a half minutes left. So the the I have no faith in the Sixers whatsoever. I have no faith in Doc Rivers in big games or in game sevens. This man is no, I don't I don't trust so, him. I, I want to use that as a device to smoothly transfer over to culture three. 
Uh, we've been talking about this <laughs> on our group chat for quite some time. We'll monitor the score of the game. Uh, a lot of uh, my Twitter feed is from Atlanta, and they're they like to feel oppressed about being Hawks fans. So they like to be vindicated at any moment they can on Twitter, but because it makes us feel good about themselves. But if that's what it takes, God bless. Anywho, yeah, culture three. Um, oh, wait a second. What is what is Jeff talking about? Oh, Mr. Oh, Mr. P. Oh, okay. All right, I get it. All right, I was confused for a second. Um, but that man shoot his shot out there. Okay, so culture three. We've been having this discussion in our group chat. I don't know about you guys, but I I can't get into it, man. I'm not gonna lie. It's it, I don't think it's for me. But that's because you have a built-in hatred towards amigos, man. <laughs> I know how you do things. That's true, but I still gave it a fair run. But anywho, they're talking about releasing a deluxe version to an album that was released like what a week ago. Oh, they're right? not talking about it. That thing happened already. Oh what? wow! Yeah, it's already. Oh, out. It came already? out. It came, yes, it came out a week after the album came out. Oh, I want to check this out. It had five. It had like five extra songs on it. Who asked for this? Wasn't That's what it I like eighteen songs long. It was nineteen yes. songs already. Yes. I don't want it, man. Like, they put out. They put out a deluxe, and they. And they didn't even wait till Friday. They put it out on Thursday. Like they put that thing out. Early. I'm like, what? Funny about the contracts. <laughs> I'm like, how can you even do? How are they doing this? It doesn't. I'm. I, and I'm not. Songs, bro. I'm not against. Oh, videos. I'm not against them doing like uh, deluxe albums. I'm. I'm. I'm fine with that. But the idea that you would put a deluxe album out six days after the original came out seems. It reeks of desperation. Like, did did Culture Three not do the numbers you wanted, or what? Like, it, I think it debuted at number two. I think it, it did. It, it uh, Polo G had the number one album this week, which is man, a bad one. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I tried to listen to it. I mean, I was on my way to Atlanta actually, and I was like, this feels fitting. Like, you know, I'm going to enjoy my first weekend out um, in over a year. Um, I was terrified the entire time. So I listened to Culture 3, and I made it like eight songs in before I was like, I'm lost. I don't, this song sounds like the last. I don't know who these children are. I don't know who Polo G is. That was the first time I've ever heard Polo G before. I'm going to try to give it another shot. But I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate it. The eight songs I listened to were very fun. I could see myself having yeah. fun if this were a normal summer. It's what I have come to expect from the Migos. I, was, I did not feel let down. It was just incredibly long. Um, and incredibly monotonous on a ride that is literally a straight line of trees. Um, and so I need to give it some time and like let it breathe. I, I feel like you can't judge an album the first like two or three weeks you listen to it anyway. You need time. Oh, that's I'm assuming talking. I'm gonna make it to weeks two and three. Like after the <laughs> first true. like two runs, I'm like, I'm I think I'm good, man. Like I think the Drake feature was cool, is what I expect from a Drake feature on Amigos track. Um, there's another song called Birthday that was kind of fun. Um, and one more song that I can't remember the uh, the title of, but it was cool. I mean, it's, you know, it's standard procedure for the Migos. So I don't want a deluxe album. I won't listen to that. I'm sorry. But I'll, watch, I'll listen to the original Culture 3. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the, the deluxe, the extra songs, are, the thing is with the album, none of the songs are bad. And the added songs aren't bad either. It's just the Migos don't have... 19 to 24 songs worth of material to give us. They have about 12 at the most. 
but 24 songs they ain't got that in them and this that's not that's no shade they're like there's just certain artists that can only give us their best in a small pocket and it just seems like like what are you what are we doing we don't need this like give us your best and, the, and these these were not your best like I, and I didn't realize it from from last week when we were talking about it, talking about like Culture One and Two. Like they released that within a year of each other. Mm-hmm. So I went back and listened to Culture One, and I went back and listened to Culture Two, and I'm just like, Culture Two should just be called uh, Untitled and Unmastered because that's all it is. It's just a bunch of songs from Culture One that didn't make the cut. And they're just like, hey, we're hot right now. We haven't been this big and since uh, Versace or whatever. Like as far as like mainstream wise, but we haven't been this big in, in a while. Let's try to capitalize off of this. Now it's just like. Uh, or, or, and let, let's let's try to go solo now, and that shit blew up in their faces. And now they're back with this, so they're like, "Oh, you know what? Let's just keep running out more songs, and hopefully one of them catches on." And it just it, it so, ain't really happening. So from Complex, Polo G looked to beat beat out all the Migos uh, with Hall of Fame on pace to sell between 165 175 thousand records. <clears throat> I don't know if the streams are just actual physical copy sales. While Strings. Culture 3 is projected, that's terrible. <clears throat> Culture 3 is projected to come in a strong second, selling anywhere between 125 and 135K. This is also Polo G's first, like, project. So that... But like I said yesterday, he's a TikTok artist, so that kind of mm-hmm. plays into it. I know for some reason, even though... Well, I'm not even the oldest person on this podcast. I'm the second oldest. But y'all niggas is really not getting in tune with what's going on nowadays. So before I get further into my take, I want to answer Ayana uh, Lovelace. Uh, favorite track on the... Mine is Avalanche, honestly. like Avalanche is just a smooth beat. It flows together. I like how they say their names so I know who's who because mm-hmm. the takeoff and offset, sometimes I get a little confused. I, they sound alike. So when the offset, takeoff, I'm like, okay, okay, I know who you are now. Um, but yeah, I just kind of feel like with Polo G, like I said, he has songs that are really vibing with the younger crowd on the TikTok. You old niggas need to get TikTok, get in on the wave. It's smooth. And then you would know who these people are. So I could see why he would beat them. Don't as far as the Migos album, I mean, to be honest with you, it's a, it's a solid album. But it was- it's not going to be something that I play back in five years. Like it doesn't really have a song that I'm like five minutes. I I don't really care for the Drake feature that much. Like and and, you know I'm a big Drake fan. Uh, 2016 to current, I don't like anything before that. But his his feature was just not that good. Um, And just all in all, I mean it's good. Some of the stuff just kind of runs together. I really like straightening a lot. That was I'm a Southern boy, Southern to the T. I like sweet tea. I like grits. With butter in them and cheese, Mr. Sniffles, great. So I got the boom in my trunk, and I love playing this album. It's something new, it's something fresh. Uh, the Polo G, I, it kind of sounds alike, dude. To be honest with you, like I don't know if I would like repeatedly run that again. I ran it the two times, I haven't run it since, and I ran Culture three times. I don't know if I'm gonna run the deluxe, but it's a solid album. They gave us, you know, what we were looking for. You know the standard Migos tracks with their standard features, and that's all you can ask for. Yeah, I mean, I just don't. Marcus mentioned it. I I don't think that the Migos have anything different to give. Honestly, you know what you're gonna get from Migos. You're gonna get something Atlanta referenced. 
you don't get a reference to whoever they're with at the same time. I did like hearing Cardi on the album. That was fun. Um, yeah, you're going to get something Atlanta-based. You're going to get a, a bar about, you know, cars or whatever jewelry they're rocking this season. The bando. Yeah, the bando reference. Is somebody going to say something about a Birkin at some point? Like, you know, you know what you're going to get from Amigos. And yeah. I agree. 18 songs or 19 songs plus five more are just too many songs from the Migos. But, a and, solid 10 to 12 would have been just fine. You know what? That that reminds me of one thing. I, I'm going to let you go, Marcus. But that reminds me of one thing. There's a song on there. And like I was listening to it the other night at like two in the morning. I know that's what I was doing. But they kept saying, buy a Birkin, want her a Birkin. So they just kept saying, Birkin, Birkin, Birkin. I'm like, dog. Y'all better be sponsored by Birkin. That track was terrible. Like, you don't have to beat it into our heads. Like, I just, I hate that. I hate that brand and stuff, man. Like, even with the um, the 21 Savage project, like, he was chrome heart jeans, chrome heart this, chrome heart that, chrome heart. And then the next thing I know, I'm out here like, what the hell is chrome heart? Let me look it up. Or, you know, what is this tail fare? What, what is Birkin? Let me look it up really quick. You know, you don't have to beat us over the head with some of that stuff, you know, or what the other thing they said repeatedly was Amirez and what was it, Paddock? Is that the other one? And it's like, look, man, your fans are in the bando. We're in the trap of corporate America. We can't afford these things. Talk about stuff we can't afford. Jordan's polo. You know, be relatable. Have some flair. Do something different. Like, I never hear them rap about any type of struggle they went through, like, in the entire run. And I'm talking about I've listened to the mixtapes from No Label all the way to Culture 3. They they never give you anything. I mean, are these niggas, are they robots? Like, are they just the robot track niggas? I, I, I'd never get anything from Nico. And that's why it's amazing that they keep rebranding themselves and coming out. But, you know, they're just spitting the same thing over new beats. And that's pretty much my point. But I, I'm personally fine with that. I'm not asking for anything more from the Migos. I'm not asking for growth or artist development. Like I'm, I, the only thing I want from them is, I guess, like better beat selection, uh, maybe better features, better sequencing, um, better, uh, I guess, album or better song choices for the final cut. But like, uh, yeah, I'm not. I don't. I don't need. I don't need Migos to develop into a J Cole level artist or a Kendrick level artist or you know, one of those types of rappers. I'm down with them rapping about, I, I want their music to be played in the car, or in the club. That's it. Make club music, make car music. That's it. I don't need nothing else. I don't need no lyrical miracle stuff. Just stay in your lane, do that and be, and they'll be fine. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, if that's, if getting out sold by new artists is fine by their standards, <clears throat> mind you, there's three of them guys. So that's that's kind of problematic. Um, so the take that I got that, again, Atlanta Twitter is not going to be happy about. Um, <clears throat> I think I could. For me, if you haven't and Rev, if you haven't checked out, out this album, I highly recommend it. Uh, check out the Orange Print by Larry June. Like, I think that is kind of what we want or kind of what you want from artists now. I think the album's like maybe 40 minutes long. And you get like the best tracks you're getting from the artist. He's not giving us 25 songs of all kinds of nonsense. Like his run of tracks from track three to nine out of 13 tracks, two or two or uh intros. There's you have two intros, 
So like 75% of this album bangs. Like you don't need to skip anything. You just let that shit slide. And that's what I want. He's not a very well-known artist as far as I know. He's from California. I guess he's from Atlanta or lived in Atlanta for a little bit. But some of you playing the whip. He's got cool vibes, cool hooks, very smooth. His ad libs are hilarious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's little B influence. Shout out to little B, the bass guy. But I, I could probably say that, yeah, you'd probably enjoy, I personally enjoy Larry June's Orange Print better than Culture 3. Like, I literally put zero songs from Culture 3 on my playlist. I put like five from the fucking Orange Print on my shit. And that's like a majority of the album. So to me, that's kind of how I judge whether I enjoy some of these music by how many songs I'm adding to my playlist. I even ran Culture 3 on random. I'm still like, eh, sounds about the same, my guys. So, yes. You know who I'm about. Hopefully she drops, and this has nothing to do with anything. I just wanted to say that I hope that Doja Cat gives us an album soon. I miss her so much. I still listen to Hot Pink religiously. Um, her newest single, I think it's called Need to Know or something like that, is amazing. Um, and I'm ready for Tyler too. Tyler's got a new album. It's cooking. I know it, and it's gonna be so good. I'm excited. And Vince drops soon, so I'm excited. <laughs> Hawks are up ninety to eighty-seven. It's, it's about 93, to 87, 87. Oh shit! Ninety-three eighty-seven. Oh shit! Ninety-three eighty-nine. Twitter is gonna be insufferable in a couple of minutes. This this holds up. So we shall see. Yeah, and mostly most of Larry June's projects are like. If you look at a lot of his older stuff, it's not older stuff. He's only been like out here for like two years, but they're usually like ten songs, thirty minutes. He does. He's in and out. I'm gonna give you the best that I got, and I'm not gonna drag this thing out because I mean I'm not gonna say he's a bad rapper, but he's a limited rapper. But he makes cool ass pimping music, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's music a vibe. You, like music you can music you can listen to to in the car while you're driving, while you're just chilling out. But like. Nobody wants to hear him try to come up with, you know, 50 minutes worth of material doing that. Like, we get it, man. Just yeah, get in and out. Get there's no there's no reason for it. There's no reason for it. 50 minutes of the baby and Tory Lanez? Fuck no. <laughs> oh, yeah. no I, I didn't add that to the list, but we didn't, we didn't update that. So I, I saw uh, Ayana. I, I'm actually me. We're, shit, we're from Augusta. So we're. Yeah, no, I'm from two hours east of Atlanta. <laughs> But if you if you tell anybody you're from Georgia, they automatically pigeonhole you that you are from Atlanta. No, I'm not. I'm from Augusta. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. Well, yeah, Atlanta's a business. All right, bro. Like, I, I just told you I'm not from Atlanta. Please, please leave me alone. But I did see uh, the baby Meg and Parody or Party or whatever that dude's name is were trending. I didn't really know what it was for. I kind of got a whiff of it, but... Anybody who actually paid attention, feel free to jump in and uh, educate me. But all I saw was a lot of videos and memes of the baby beating up parody and uh, our party, or this dude's name is. But yeah. So the baby is working with Tory Lanez. Of course, we know the situation. Ah. I don't. We don't need to rehash because we don't know the facts anyway. That's none of our business. But you know, Megan was like, "It's kind of crazy how like industry people switch up." Obviously, that was targeted towards the baby. She tweeted that. And he was like, I ain't switch up. You know, I still got love for you, blah, 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 blah. She was like, clearly you, you can't have love for me because you're doing this. But anyway, Partisan Fontaine party is Megan's boyfriend. And he basically was like, let's let's fight about it. And the baby was like, let's do that then. Are these niggas going to fight? No. no. But <laughs> it sounded cool on the internet. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right, Shan. 
So the baby, it started because the baby had a retweet on his timeline that was saying him and Tory Lanez linked up because they both have crimes. And he was like, oh, so they, both, they both shot people. Yeah. And um, he was like, oh, the Illuminati on some BS. Um, I'm trying to undo this retweet and it won't let me, blah, blah, blah. It's like, just shut up. Oh, oh, this is stupid. Everybody get off the internet. Get off your phones. <laughs> yeah, these people yeah. are weird, man. Super weird. Like I, I don't, I don't personally uh, listen to enough of the baby's music to really care. I, I, I'm trying to figure out where this Tory Lanez thing came from. Like I had never, like I'm sure I had heard of his song. I'm sure I've heard of, like him on a feature in passing, but I didn't hear him and say, "Hey, that's Tory Lanez." But like until the whole thing with Megan happened, I was unaware of this guy's music. Like I couldn't name you one song or tell you anything that he'd been on. But now all these people are talking about like he's you know one of the most talented people out there. Now I'm just like, okay, and and you want to go out there and defend this guy? Like, I get like I, their music just ain't good enough. And I'm not, I I, I get it. Like we people are hypocrites. Like I won't listen to um, Tory Lanez, but I'll listen to Michael Jackson. Like. I won't listen to R. Kelly, but I'll right, listen to what if Michael whoever. Jackson is kind of straight, dog? Michael Jackson was found innocent. Man, whatever. <laughs> you know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, there's not a lot of. I'm not going to say I'm the most consistent person in the world. There's certain people that I will listen to that I've done some bad things. And there's there's certain people that I won't listen to that I've done some bad things. But like, it's it. The, his level of music and what he is accused of doing isn't worth me listening to. Mm-hmm. And the baby's music has just been. He he plateaued like probably two years ago. Like I'm not yeah. going back and forth about people who are listening to him. Like I'm not. That song you had, Omega's album was terrible. That crybaby shit, that shit was ass. And I didn't know that like the baby stands existed to the homie Eric jumped in my benches talking about like yeah. watching talking about them. I'm like, really? This is who you're right? baby? <laughs> a grown man like shaking a diaper and like and I tweeted out, they delete the tweet. I think it's because of the mega thing, but I was like, look, the little fucking head shaking, arms in the air, tilting the camera shit, that shit only worked one time. Like, that formula is washed. Like, you're doing the same thing over and over. It's ass. You got a fucking baby puppet mascot out there rotating his diaper and cats got their hands in the air. I'm like, dog, get that shit out of here, dog. Like, that shit is terrible. You're terrible. Your music's terrible. I'm I'm done. Yeah, Eric, Mm -hmm. Eric. Yes. Thank you. 300,000 verse. 300k verse for that, for that for that guy. Like I'm just I'm, I'm just not going back and forth and listening to this guy. Like he's just not he's good for what he does. Like I don't even know if he's good for what he does. Can like, somebody give, me, best somebody give me one baby bar. Like like one one bar. Like what is his hottest bar? Let's go. Hey. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> he fights. Okay. Yeah. You do the little hand thing. You fight. You get in the close in the camera. Yeah. You you're a grown man. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and really, Eric he, even said he would dress up like that baby in a diaper for Halloween. That's how that, much he supports the baby. And that's that's foul like. behavior. That's foul behavior. Father, he got a dad in his life. <laughs> that's foul behavior. That's so foul. Oh, my God. But, yeah, that's the things that uh, people were mad that they were arguing on Juneteenth. You know, we, we will never be free. We will, we will never be free. So, you know. The yeah. only thing I have for Meg is that, girl, honestly – Nobody is your friend unless they came with you from before you was famous. Uh, unfortunately, P. 
people um, will do what they feel like they need to do to get ahead. Now, why Tory Lanez is what he thought was his get, you know, out of jail free car? I don't know. So ain't nobody checking for Tory Lanez except for other men who also hit their baby mamas. So, I I mean, girl, just make your music. You have way more of a lifespan than the baby ever will. Megan will be touring and selling out arenas, and the baby is gonna be on Throwback Thursday um, captions on Instagram. So just do you, Megan. Your newest song is great. I have a great time to it. I haven't listened to a single the baby song in a year. So and I and I am fine with her staying exactly where she is for another five years. Like if she wants to keep making yes. strip club ass shaking music, please keep Do doing I that. I want Megan to rap about intersectional feminism. No. Because you just go listen to Rhapsody. Or no name. And they like, don't. But they don't, though. They don't. They say they want that, and they don't. Like, Megan Thee Stallion and, like, City Girls and Cardi B. Like, I bet, like, um, WAP, that one video, I'm willing to bet, has more views than every video that Rapsy has ever put out on YouTube. I'd, put, I'd, I'd be willing to bet that. Because niggas don't, niggas don't listen to Rhapsody. Yeah. They say they say they want they say they want these female rappers to 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 develop and rap about something more than their sexuality and stop twerking in front of us and all this stuff. But the views say differently, the singles say differently, the charts say differently. Because Rhapsody, Rhapsody is she she might get dropped from her label. Her numbers are terrible. When she drops a song, they do nothing. When she's on a feature, it does nothing. When she drops a YouTube video, it does nothing. And this is from somebody that saw her in tour, in concert, in person. I paid my money to see her. People ain't checking for her. So stop saying you want Megan to rap about something different. Because you don't. You want to hear Megan rap about this stuff. And I do too. So stop lying. Uh, shout out to the uh, cameraman that was shooting that video uh, behind he was her and shaking her ass. That he was, was working. Shout out to that, man. <laughs> that was... Uh, that was Olympic level. I actually feel like twerking should be an Olympic sport because it's, it's just when the women can yeah. do it, it's, pure art. it's pure art. But uh, the baby, I mean, I live in North Carolina and, and they don't fuck with him no more here. So it's just oh. like, I mean, because he's every song sounds alike. Like it's just do, do. The same pattern, the same. Just everything's the same, man. It's like, and you know what? I know he's probably gonna try to find me and fight me, but oh, girl, you know, he's I am six one, so he he don't want them problems. I ain't gonna get <laughs> marked. I ain't gonna get marked in North Lake Mall. I know exactly where that is, or hey, South Park Mall, hey. where he knocked the dude out. Hey, chill out. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Phillies get the fast. Leonard Brown, you short sure niggas don't want none. They are, they are showing, they are showing Philly fans right now. They are so despondent. They are so hurt. It's lost. They're down by like five. Just got a fast break dunk. These niggas is disappointing. Allen Iverson on television on a Sunday night. Get them the fuck out of here, man. I'm fucking tired of Philly. I'm tired of the fucking 76ers. I'm tired of the fucking process. It's a fucking joke. You did all that losing for what? For Ben Simmons to go on and get on a fast break and not shoot? To not look at these guys. A bunch of losers. Philadelphia <laughs> is a losing franchise. You stupid face. Like, but they didn't. Seth Curry and NBA J. Cole. That's why I just say trusting the process was not about getting Seth Curry to be the second best player. That's not what the plan was. What are you doing out here? Get these get these guys the fuck off the court. 
this is an embarrassment, Philadelphia. And no shit, it's not shade in Atlanta. I hate Philadelphia. I hate the city. I hate their fans. I hate the jerseys. I like Embiid. I think he's cool, but everything city. else can burn in hell. It's cold. As well, yeah, I, I got a nice museum. Yeah, like I said, man, the you know the Trey Bays, I guess what they're called, are going to be excited tonight on Twitter. So somebody did bet like some money on the Hawks to win the whole thing, and with the injuries and all things going on, they they might cash out. So no, they won't. Okay, you're probably right, but I mean they like to bleed. That <laughs> I mean they they like to bleed that type of stuff. So I mean it is what it is. But um, what else we got? Can we get so some? I was, best? Look, I was I was just looking real quick before we move on. Um, the yeah. highest viewed video that Rhapsody has is 2.5 million. The second highest viewed video she has is 1.2. Everything else is about 300,000 to 500,000. Wap, 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 whatever. For Cardi B, 403 million views. You guys are going to hear Rhapsody. You guys do not. Stop lying. Yeah, there's a Takashi 6 9 video that has almost like a billion views on YouTube, and he can't rap to save his life. So we already know. I don't, th- I don't know if Rhapsody's even like cracked the top 20, like Billboard top 20. She's not, she's not charting. Who nobody has listened to her music. It's the Lauren Hill effect. Everybody has Lauren Hill nostalgia. And they're I so mm, people always say Lauren Hill is one of the best female rappers we ever had. Stop it. Lauren Hill has one album that she can't even perform anymore because she don't own none of that music. You are living off the Fugees. And it, it's just not it doesn't one album is probably one of the greatest albums of all time. Let's great not, album. Let's Shout out to this education of Lauren Hill. But there yeah. are so many women in hip hop who have gone the distance and given us great content, great music consistently. We have to let the Lauren Hill nostalgia go. Okay, guys. Listen. I kind of want to go back and listen to some of her to, or listen to her one album because I'm starting to feel like people just put her up there just because. Yeah. Like, they're just like, it's oh, a great album. Oh, Lauren Hill is a. As a top ten rapper all the time, I'm like, get the yeah. fuck out of here. I ain't no. They're talking about way. the Fuji's work, but. And again, that's not me saying Lauren Hill is a trash rapper. Blah 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 blah. I think Lauren Hill is very talented. Lauren Hill, when she made her one album, made a very good album. I just it baffles me, especially people my age who are like, Lauren Hill is the one of the top ten female rappers. You don't remember the miseducation of Lauren Hill, babe. You didn't hear it when it first came out. You know, who you did hear Nicki Minaj. Yeah, well, okay, I get, I can, I can understand the, you know, uh, Lauren Hill's a top ten female rapper all the time. I'm, that's fine. People are saying she's a top ten rapper, rapper, like in general, and I'm like, there's no way. That based on whatever her catalog is, it is not top ten all time worthy. Like, the miseducation of Lauren Hill, I remember liking it, but I'm, I didn't. I guess whenever I listened to it, I didn't listen to it and think of it like, uh, this is Equimini or, or. The cool or life after death or anything like that. And you know what? I'm, and I'm willing to be wrong I, about this. I'm gonna go back. And I, I'm gonna listen. I I'm challenge listen to you tonight. to listen to it and tell tell us about it next week. I listen. I will listen to it I because listen. I have no problem admitting that I'm wrong all the time in this podcast. Like I like from last week, I said uh, uh, rebirth, rebirth was I a good that. album. It I went back and terrible. listened to it. I, told I went you, back man. and listened to it the next day. <laughs> I got to track three and I was like, I cannot do this anymore. <laughs> I cut that shit off. I was like, what oh, was I man. thinking? This shit is awful. <laughs> oh man. But so, I'm gonna listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to that Lauren Hill again and, and 
see what's up with it. Okay, why does Shane say Meg is the black plague for black women? Like, I, I'm just, I must I'm have just, missed I'm disgust, that. I'm disgusted in Shane right now. You taught me how to do the little leg thing. She did that live. She she was like, make sure your knees is like trying to touch. I was like, oh my god, Megan, I feel like a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> that by it's alone, you don't have to release another song. She taught me how to do that. <laughs> so uh so they yeah the uh, queens out here shout out to uh shikari richardson randomly she's fast as shit going to the olympics shout out to oh, her i um, love that man I, after I don't... her biological mom died the week before she she did her thing that's what happened mm-hmm. wow i didn't know that they accidentally called her her grandmother her mom because right after a race she went up there to like hug her i saw that yeah and it was because her mom like literally just passed because I, I saw that woman, I was like, "That's is that that's giving grandma vibes right there." And they're like, "Oh, she went up and hurt the mom." I'm like, "Oh shit!" But like the whole, and obviously, I don't know. I'm that will never be that fast. But like having the nails, that doesn't affect their running. Like I feel like that would slow them down, or, or does it? Is that that can't be because they tend to run with their hands out anyway. So I don't think so. It's, yeah. it's giving me FloJo. I love that. I love that FloJo's legacy is continuing with all these ladies in their beautiful oh. fronts and their long, beautiful nails, and then they're still killing the competition. So shout out to her. That's amazing. I, I, I love the swagginess. Like, I love when athletes, like, put themselves out there, put their personalities <laughs> out there. I'm like, yeah, nigga, that's me. Yeah. First like, time before she was even done. <laughs> trying to be that girl. Like, I need Simone Biles out there and fucking lace fronts and, you know, Tim's or whatever. And then you say flipping in Jordans? Yes. <laughs> flipping in uh, Jordan 1s. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to her. Uh, and oh, shit. Yeah, they had a, I guess the uh, NBC had a post said the nails, the hair, the attitude, the speed, it's all her at, and she's off to the 100 meter finals, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I think some people had an issue with how that was phrased a little bit, but I don't know. They were saying that they get attitude confused with swag because, you know, you know how there's a lot of negative connotations with black women having attitudes and things like that. She got the nails. I'm sure there's some a certain segment of people that see this and have a couple of uh, describing terms for her. But, you know, we're not going to give them any. uh, Any shout on this podcast because, you know, it is what it is, but. Da, da, da. Yeah, yeah. I know that hairstylist, the bundles and that glue is probably uh probably some elite level sponsorships going on right now. Yeah, they have the, a problem with the the use of the word attitude from what I'm from what I'm seeing in here. So, because they say they could have used like confidence or poise, it's just attitude. It's just like, <sighs> yeah, got to do better, guys. Got to have a got to have black people in the rooms uh, writing these tweets. So. But yeah, it looks like the Hawks are going to win. So I guess this is a. Uh, oh, they did win 1396. Shout out to Hawks fans. Shout out to Atlanta Twitter. Y'all are going to be lit. Very surprising. Yeah. It, yeah. Surprising. Good, good for them. Good for them. Uh, Atlanta gets to watch Giannis take 1,200 seconds to shoot free throw and break it off the backboard 17 times. I've seen so many funny memes off of that. That shit is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I know the rim hate to see him coming. Him and oh, Vincent. They be like, this nigga still in the game? Come on. They be a yeah. <laughs> So I think this is where you guys can uh, carry the, the basketball chat. I know a couple things that I brought up that I want to shout talk about is the whole NBA Twitter shit. Like, I'm not really deep in NBA Twitter, but some of the takes I see, I'm just like, y'all can't be serious. Like, y'all, y'all really can't. Oh, Okay, they are. It's, it's so bad. It's so bad. 
It's a bunch of senior-olds on summer break who, like, don't have any knowledge of the NBA prior to, like, five years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. So they just say the most random things. Um, It's kind of hard. I'm also not part of NBA Twitter, mostly because, like you said, the takes were just bad. Like, they don't make any sense. There's this whole, like, it doesn't matter who's doing something. LeBron comes up somehow. Um, it's, it's, it's a lie. It's, it's kind of toxic. <laughs> well, the thing, I don't want to even, I don't want to even like attribute it to, um, you know, middle school white kids. Cause today, uh, some, uh, uh, person that has a black man in his Abbey, Christian J Harris said, bronze eight year finals run is the most overrated accomplishment in NBA history. Three and five in all caps, five. And he has a gif of Kobe Bryant doing the, you know, one, two, three, four, five, like counting his rings out. And the part that I emphasize on his tweet is that he is saying that LeBron James's eight-year finals runs. That means he went to the finals for eight years in a row was overrated. So my question was, who are you comparing that to that you have seen? Because we're not talking about Bill Russell. We're not talking about Michael Jordan. We're not talking about Kobe Bryant. We're not talking about Larry Bird. We're not talking about Shaq. Who are we talking about that has an eight-year run in the finals that you can compare that to? That's a fucking stupid take. It doesn't make sense. You went to the finals eight times and it's overrated? Did you see first, did you see the teams that he carried to the finals? And did you see the teams that beat him? Like, there are certain things that happened (laughs) – that had to happen because of LeBron to beat him. Like the Warriors, say what you want about Kevin Durant and him joining the Warriors. If the Warriors don't get Kevin Durant, Steph Curry probably only has one or two rings at most. He might have two, but he definitely doesn't have three if they don't have Kevin Durant. Because one, if Kevin Durant stays in Oklahoma City, I'm pretty sure Oklahoma City gets Golden State in a series. They probably beat them in a series and they go to the finals instead of them. They needed Kevin Durant in those series. Like, and the pro, I feel like the where this whole NBA Twitter thing started was, and I, I'm doing it too. It started with LeBron James. It, I got on Twitter when LeBron went to the Heat. That's when I first got on Twitter. And I feel like that's when NBA Twitter kind of like was starting to rise up and like hitting. It's like really like this is what we do here. We're doing all these takes. We're giving off all these hot takes and whatever, whatever. And we're just trying to say, like, oh, this is my guy. This is where I stand at. We're going to battle it out and do all these dumb things. But it's just, it's getting worse. I feel like, I feel like it's getting worse. You know, like, it's it's um, it's indicative of, like, Twitter as a whole. Like, Twitter is very much like, let me tweet something inflammatory and see how much engagement I can get. So, like, even though I don't stand behind these things, I know that I can say, uh, Beyonce is overrated, and I can get at least you know ten people to quote tweet me and call Say me his name. name. Say right. his name. <laughs> um, I can get at least ten people to you know quote tweet me and, and engage, and I feel like oh, I've had my interactions for the day, and I think that NBA Twitter is the same. Like how I know that I can say a couple buzzwords. I can say that LeBron is overrated. I can say that Kevin Durant going to the Warriors was um, a terrible move and it, it was unnecessary and it, that is an asterisk season. And I can say, you know, Giannis sucks and he felt defeated when he called Kevin Durant the best player in the world. 
That shit like, doesn't make any sense, man. Right. It really you can, doesn't. You can say these things because you know you're going to get engagement. And then once you get engagement, now you got to stand on it because you said it. It's just like a. I think that for the people behind these accounts, it's like a fun game of like, what can I say to get on people's nerves? How can I get people to pay attention to me? Look at me, look at me. And it's like, it. the problem is when you can't tell. When, when you can't tell it's a troll or if this is an actual opinion. Because now I've spent five minutes and you are trolling me, but I can't tell because it's 17 niggas that said the same thing and they yeah. are serious. <laughs> you got to go back to their pages and like kind of yeah. scroll down a little bit because then you'll see like they've been tweeting like they've they've <laughs> shot out like 20 straight Kevin Durant tweets and none of them have popped except this right. one. So now it's like, okay, this is what you were trying to do. You're trying to do this. And I'm just like, like I was going back and forth with this guy. I'm like, what are you comparing this to? And he's like, well, we shouldn't be, you know, given LeBron James props for going to the finals and losing. You don't get props for losing coming in second place. I'm like, you know what? That's that's just dumb. Like, that's just a, a dumb way of thinking where it's just like, if you don't win, then you're a loser. Because it's almost like LeBron James, according to these people, would be more successful if he'd have lost in the first round more often. Like, instead of getting to the finals – He'd have been better off just losing in the second and third rounds first instead of getting to the finals and losing to the Golden State Warriors or to the San Antonio Spurs. Like, he wasn't getting to the finals and losing the Scrubs. He was losing to really good teams, all-time teams even. What, okay. the, he lost so, to the Spurs twice, lost to the, the Warriors, what, three or four times? And who, who am I missing? Oh, the Mavericks. The Mavericks yeah, he lost Mavericks to. twenty eleven. So I just want to say this because someone accused me of acting that way on Twitter. I don't do that. I say what I feel. I say what I want. I don't do it for likes, retweets or whatever. I don't care. Like it's my life. Um, but I do see it as being a problem with some people that are just obsessed with um, making bad takes, saying dumb stuff and getting the interaction um, it's and I do. I've done this three straight weeks. It's the same thing with the Issa girl. Uh, head Please don't say her name. Don't do it. Oh. Same thing. You call Issa Ray ugly. Now everybody's trying to say either you're pretty, the guys that are thirsty, or girls are. Oh yeah, you're with her haters or girls. Oh, you're stupid or whatever. I mean the same thing. She like I had been noticing that she was doing stuff like this for like maybe two or three consecutive weeks. Like she would just have wild takes. Oh, niggas, niggas who wear masks or gay, blah, blah, all kind of stupid stuff. It wasn't taking off like that. Issa Rae one took off. And for the next few days, she was plugging the hell out of her YouTube and making sure that she had more tweets that were kind of like that. They're just crazy wild takes. But I mean, back to the NBA thing, it's no way that you can say that that run by LeBron was terrible. Like that's a run that we may not Overrated. have. Overrated. I know that L.A. and Boston before my time, before our time, they had a run where they were going to the finals back and forth between the two. Um, but I don't think it was eight or nine consecutive years. Um, and it's just like I thought. Then I saw I saw somebody post this online. I thought that once Kobe passed, we were going to stop the debates. Like LeBron is sitting at home. They lost in the first round. It's over. Literally the first round. He's gone. He got swept, didn't he? he no, the Heat got swept. Damn it. Yeah. LeBron. <laughs> I'm sorry. LeBron got out in the first round. 
we're in the conference finals and we're still talking about it. Like, come on, man. This is crazy. Yeah, I don't understand it either. I mean, at the end of the day, it is what it is. I don't understand this whole, like, with KD. I mean, he had the – was it 48 or 49 points? He had the triple-double. Great yep. game. I saw, oh, he's the best player in the world now. He's better than Jordan. He's better than LeBron. LeBron can never, blah, 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 blah. Just enjoy that moment. You know, that that's something that we hadn't seen before. And it's like you just have so many people that – are obsessed and addicted with blowing up. That's what it is. It's the same thing with I, I'm not even going to say that. It's the same thing with a lot of people on a lot of different avenues. They give you a little taste of something like I seen something earlier today and I know this girl is kind of affiliated with the podcast, but I don't know, so I'm not going to name drop her because I don't know if she's like, been kicked off. Who knows, but now, she had been dropping some pictures, showing a little skin, showing a little hips, little ass, and then was like, you know, hey, I finally made it to a 1,000 followers today. And it was like, of course, because niggas is thirsty. They'll give you that attention if you're showing a little bit. Um, you know, it just, it just kind of is what it is when it comes to this stuff. You have people that are so addicted to, hey, let me get this many followers. Let me get this many likes. So I'm just going to say the craziest, most off-the-wall stuff to see what sticks. I mean, at the end of the day, I was a person that was kind of big, of course, on Jordan because, I mean, he came up, I was a kid, and I respect him. But at the end of the day, you know, sometimes when you go through life, you can't be stuck in the past. Like, you have to evolve. You have to change. Um, At the end of the day, these new hoopers are better than the old school hoopers. LeBron is probably the greatest player that I've seen from from point A to point B career-wise because, of course, when Jordan started, I was too young. I didn't see it. I didn't notice Jordan to maybe 93. So I just kind of feel like sometimes we can't hold on to things in the past and we have to let things happen the way they do and enjoy the moment. So what were you guys' thoughts about the 49-point triple-double by KD, the next Rolling up. <laughs> That's kind of what I wanted to ask about because I remember I tweeted both of you. I was like, uh, if the Nets lose to the Bucks in game seven, does what happened, what KD did in game five, does that matter as much? And I, I kind of feel like it, it helps him today. Like it's helping him right now because of uh, the Nets losing. People aren't looking at the Nets and saying like Kevin Durant didn't do enough. Like Kevin Durant had – probably the best, probably the second best series of his, well, third best, his Golden State. He was nasty in Golden People don't, people don't give Kevin Durant his respect for what he did in Golden State. He was nasty for the Warriors. Uh, what he did in Brooklyn has been great. He had a great run. But uh, what he's been doing, those like game five and game seven, has prevented him from getting slandered. Like I didn't see, I wasn't on Twitter a lot last night because I, I, I'm old, so I went to sleep. But uh, even the next morning, I didn't see a lot of Katie slander. And even, like, I didn't see too much uh, James Harden slander because he is hurt. But I, the person that needs to get slandered, honestly, is, is Steve Nash. Yep. Steve Nash dropped the ball. That man is an empty suit out there. What is he doing? He's not doing anything. <laughs> he is so bad at his job. <laughs> <laughs> To lose the bullnoser? <laughs> he is so bad. 
I don't get it. I don't understand it. He is basically me <laughs> on the sidelines. He is not making, he didn't make KD manage his load at any point. KD played two straight 50 plus minute games. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Nothing. But here's the thing like, Steve Nash doesn't make adjustments. Steve Nash doesn't like, to me, it doesn't seem like he actually calls plays. No, Steve doesn't. Nash is literally a low cost body in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> Who lets his AAU team run wild? <laughs> I don't know if they did they hire him to sell tickets. Like, is he from Brooklyn or like why do they need him? Because he was a big enough name for a low enough price tag. <laughs> like, are people? I guess I guess people respect him. Like, well, no, no, no. That, I, I remember uh, he worked. He actually worked. I believe he was a consultant in Golden State while Kevin Durant was there. So Kevin Durant was going to be fine with them bringing in Steve Nash. But I'm I'm watching the game. I'm watching all the games that they're they're playing, and it's just Kevin Durant bring the ball up the court, make something happen, either you know pull up from three or just drive to the hoop or something. But it's always Kevin Durant go out there and make a play. Everybody else just stand there and watch. And if he if he passes to you, good. If not, whatever. But we're going to let Kevin. He he, he was Steve Nash was coaching the same way like I would do if I was playing 2K. Like if I'm playing 2K, Kevin Durant has the ball and he's going to do everything. Especially if James Harden is hurt, but I just I I hate that he left the Golden State because we lost the more fun version of Kevin Durant to watch, and that's not saying like Kevin Durant right now isn't fun to watch because last night was crazy fun. Like Kevin Durant put up crazy numbers; he's been playing great in the playoffs. But we're not seeing Kevin Durant get any easy shots. I feel like if you watch the highlights, it's just Kevin Durant dribbling at the top of the key seeing which way he wants to go and trying to do something. Whereas in Golden State, he was kind of running around screens. They were getting him in the post, uh, off-ball screens, whatever. He was moving without the ball. Now he just has the ball and he's doing everything. And I thought I feel like, isn't that why you left OKC? Because that's what they did in Oklahoma City. It was just, all right, Kevin Durant's got the ball. It's your turn. Russell Westbrook's got the ball. All right, it's your turn. And now James Harden in Brooklyn is hurt, so James Harden can't really do much. So it's just Kevin Durant, hey, it's on you, dog. Hey, we're running the Bel Air Academy plays. Pass it to Will, your will, do something with it. And that's it. That's all I – Steve Nash, that's all you have? Yeah. You're one of the greatest point guards ever? That's all you can come up with is like, hey, Kevin, go out there and do something with it, bro. Make a play, bro. That's that, that's the play you want to run again? Again? He basically tired. pulls him aside and says, Kevin, we need a bucket. And then pushes him back onto the court. And then what was so what was so important about this viral pic of him hugging him? Like, <laughs> nigga, call some plays, damn it! Where do you go? Call a, call a, like, I feel like I feel like anybody that has played like Madden or NBA Two K, like we all have a money play. We all have a play that we call that it's like, all right, this is a play that's gonna work for me. Like whether it's you know a certain run player, a certain pass player, whatever. We all have a money play where it's like the game is on the line. I'm running this play. Steve Nash doesn't even have that. He doesn't have a cheap play where it's just like, all right, we're going to get Kevin Durant in the post. Like, why isn't Kevin Durant posting up anybody? Why not? He's, why, why not get him closer to the basket? He's one of the, if not the greatest shooter ever. And he's seven foot and he has really good footwork. Get him close to the basket instead of just telling him to dribble outside of the paint or dribble near the three-point line and just pull up every time. Granted, 
he'll probably still hit those because he did that a few times. But why not have him closer to the paint? Why not have him get closer to the rim? Like, it, it – call a play, get him running down into the paint to where he can get fouled because he's like a 90% free throw shooter. Like, anything. Steve, are you watching? Steve, are you paying – Steve was just watching the game. That's what he was doing. He had about just as much input in that game as I did sitting at home on the couch. Right. I, is he coaching via Zoom? Is he just watching it through the Zoom camera? Like, all right, all right, Kevin, you got it, bro. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead and do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm saying make a play, is, make an adjustment. He is hitting quite the lick. He is doing the least amount of work for the oh, he's most. he's living the dream. Like, he, he, he lick on him. Like, it's just unfortunate. I mean, not to say that I was just, like, high on the nets. I really didn't care what happened to them either way. Um, but I just feel like a team with the talent of Kyrie Irving, James Harden, um, Kevin Durant in their quote unquote big three. Then they got, you know, a revitalized ish Blake Griffin. Jeff Green is there. You know, they got the pieces. They have the veterans. They have the the big three. They had all the pieces to be good, especially with the just complete collapses of Milwaukee at times. Um, and I just feel like much like Doc Rivers post, you know, 2008 championship run, Steve Nash is just the body out there. I mean, it, the thing, the sad thing about Doc Rivers is he's actually trying. He's just not doing well. <laughs> so, I mean, Nash has that going for him. But I would, I would be surprised if the Nets don't give Steve Nash one more experiment season and then move on from here. I mean, I really would be surprised if they don't bring in somebody else to to guide. Him. Rick Carlisle, I, I would do it now. I mean, I, I don't culture that caliber. That's Easy. cool. And you could justify it too. You can just be like, "Hey, man, Steve Nash didn't do shit for y'all last year." Like, and you can't even really blame it. I mean, maybe you could blame it on injuries, but like I said, Kevin Durant didn't have an easy shot last night. All his no. shots were contested, double teams, or super hard to get. And it's just like. And, and what's crazy is that even with that, if they're healthy, the Nets will probably be the favorite to come out of the East. So it's like, you got them this time, but next year they'll probably be, they'll have a little bit more cohesion. They got to fix that roster. They got to fix that supporting cast. Like DeAndre Jordan did his job because crazy, crazy enough, DeAndre Jordan, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving played on Team USA. And while they were out there, Apparently, those three guys are such good friends that they decided, hey, maybe one day we'll want to play with each other. And they did. DeAndre Jordan went to Brooklyn after uh, leaving the Knicks and was like, hey, Kyrie, come over to Brooklyn. And then they got Kevin Wright to come there, too. So now at this point, you can be like, hey, DeAndre, you did your service. You got to go. We're freeing up your cash space. You got to go. Because he, he didn't even play this year. He's not a contributing player. Like, he did what he was supposed to do. He did his job. Now you got to get traded, though, because we can't have you just taking up space. But they'll probably be the favorites if, like, unless something drastic happens in, like, Philadelphia. Like, if Philadelphia can get something for Ben Simmons, then Philadelphia will probably be the, the top seed in the East. But look, I, I have a hard time seeing it. I don't think anybody wants Ben Simmons. I mean, they'll, they, they really probably going to have to celebrate, I mean, se- uh, settle for, like, a, a fire stick and a pack of really hot Doritos because <laughs> Simmons ain't worth the jersey he got on. 
<laughs> I mean, like, what does he do out there? What does he do? He's just out there. He's just out there getting cardio. He's just out there running, just out there having fun. Not really. Like, he, I, I literally saw him on a fast break get into the paint, and instead of throwing it up for a dunk, threw it to his teammate that was next to him, and that person got fouled, and they missed all their free throws. It's just like. He can't shoot. He can't dribble. He's not a really good defender. Ben Simmons does nothing, and I'd be very surprised for a team to be like, yeah, send him over here. <laughs> now, he can be, in a pinch, a good defender, so I'm not going to say that. But, yeah, his dribbling is a little slow, but he can he could be a point forward. He's 16, but you would think at minimum he should at least be a Giannis without the brute strength, but he's not even mad. Like, I just yeah, I don't man. get it. He refuses to shoot. draft, right? Was he, he was the number one overall pick, right? Yeah, he yeah. was in the Tatum draft, wasn't he? He missed the season yeah. of injury. He got injured, I think, right before the season start. So he missed he missed the entire season. Um, yeah, and he does he doesn't shoot. He will At not all. shoot the ball. Oh, it's you know that. what? I'm so sorry. Tatum was the draft with the other number one pick they got that went to Orlando with the shoulder. I forgot. Markel Fultz, yeah. Yeah, Markel Fultz. That whole process is fucked up. <laughs> it's so, just... so, so tonight he played 36 minutes, two for four field goal attempts, eight rebounds, 13 assists, five points. Like, you cannot have four field goal attempts if you're Ben Simmons, if you're the point the point guard. In a, in a game seven, like, the 13 assists and the eight rebounds, cool. But you have to shoot the ball. Like Giannis, Giannis is a terrible three-point shooter. He's terrible. But he will still take. I would not, I would not advise him to take. I would tell him to stop taking it. I would say if you shoot another three, I'm going to bench you. But he still takes it to keep the defenses honest. So I respect it. Ben Simmons won't even try. He's not shooting from three. He's not shooting from the elbow. He's not shooting in the paint. He will only dunk the ball. Yeah, if he's not dunking the ball, he is not going to let it out of his hands. It's out there. Why are you? He was shooting under thirty percent on the free throws, right? It's crazy. He the way that that ball hits the rim when he shoots it is the loudest, most hollow sound I've ever heard in my life. Ben Simmons is not good. (laughs) No, and and you know what? I seen a meme. And shout out to my homie uh, Schizo Bang had tagged me in this meme. And it was like, it was a highlight of Ben Simmons shooting free throws. And every time he threw it up, it was the Gucci man, bricks. <laughs> All white bricks. They'd be like, boink. It'd <laughs> be loud. I'm like, oh my God. And it was just nonstop bricks. I'm like, oh my God, this dude, man. Yeah, so I just I can't see whatever team that takes it because Philadelphia's got to get rid of Ben Simmons. So whatever team takes a chance and is like, we'll take him. God bless them. I hope they're not looking to be in contention anytime soon because he's not gonna help. <laughs> if 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 a team is gonna trade for him, they are trading for him to sell tickets. Like it's got to be like the Orlando Magic that trade for him because I just looked up his his contract. Uh, next year he will be making thirty three million dollars. He just signed an extension. The year after that, he will be making $35 million. The year after that, he will be making $37 million. And then the year after that, he will be making $40 million. This man is untradeable. 
I'm going to say it now. He is the only thing he has going for him is he's young. And you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, all jokes aside, his confidence is gone. That That's what it truly is. And I think Doc alluded to that at the end of the last game, um, as saying that he just has to believe in himself as far as the free throws. But if you're only taking four shots in a do-or-die playoff game, you have no confidence in your ability anymore. God damn it, it this nigga. He's not believe a, and I can't believe. He's not that. Wow. He's, he's the a, bathroom, man. He's got to go to work. This but man, yeah, is, he's I, not I, a I winning player. He's not a winning player. He's no. not a winning player, but I don't think he has confidence in himself anymore. And I don't know if that's something that you can redeem in the short term or you're going to you're going to have to rebuild his confidence. And it's like their window is kind of now to win it, because I kind of feel like Embiid is not going to be at this level for long. He's really injury prone. Like his his game, he falls around and flops a lot. I don't know if he flops on purpose. He's like a big fish sometimes. But. You know, you just you cannot do this Ben Simmons thing. You have to package him with a pick. Um, I, I don't know if I would have went Kimba, but man, if you could have got Paul last year or something, get get something for this guy and get him out of here. Like he, he he's going to be the reason they can't win. It can't, it can't be that you can't get that type of production for your point guard. Not when your team is built like that. When the best player is a center and kind of can dominate inside the paint, and now the point guard can't shoot or won't shoot. I don't know you how know that what I would do. It, 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 it you know what I would do? And this fit. is one of the topics. If I was Philadelphia, I would trade every draft pick and asset I have with Ben Simmons for Luka straight up to see if they would do it. I'm talking about an unheard of, unheralded amount of draft picks because if you can get those two together – that's a championship caliber team for years to come. That's what you need him to be is like a Luca. And if Luca is available for some reason, I would do it. You know, yeah, I give up everything. I give my draft picks up for 10 years for that. Forget it. Hey, we're going to be locked in. Like Ben Simmons got to go. I just like Marcus said, I can't see a team willing to take on Ben Simmons, $90 million over the next three years. (laughs) Like I just, I don't see a team taking that risk, that amount of money for a player who, I mean, doesn't seem to have a lot of upside. Um, it just, that's not something you can fix in the off season. Whatever's going on with Ben Simmons, confidence wise, shot wise, it's going to take several off seasons to fix. And in the meantime, you're paying him $30 million, $33 million, $35 million. Like you're investing money into a maybe like, he's not showing you anything that makes him redeemable at this point. No. There's nothing from him that I would want. Not not a thing. But uh, I guess we can do quick, uh, I guess, finals prediction. Like, we've been, I feel like we've been doing this every few weeks because I know I said that whoever won out of the Phoenix Lakers series is going to the finals. So I have the Suns beating the Clippers. And I said whoever won between uh, Brooklyn and Milwaukee would be going to the finals. So I have Milwaukee beating Atlanta to go to the finals. So we're going to have a milwaukee phoenix big major markets yes. big uh big stars big names in the finals that's what this is exactly what adam silver wants yeah i i agree i have the uh phoenix and milwaukee in the finals with phoenix uh winning in six games um i will say this 
um, NBA fans talk about a lot about how they would like parity in the NBA and they want to see new teams in the finals, but you you guys don't mean that because you have the opportunity <laughs> to see this is it. in the finals and all of you are upset about it. So you don't mean that you should just shut up and say, I like to see LeBron's in the finals. LeBron we, in the finals. We, we want LeBron. We want Steph Curry. We want the Lakers. We want and, Kevin and Durant. Like, who doesn't want to see their superstars win at all? But don't lie to me and say you want parity when you got to see Phoenix in the finals and Utah and the Clippers could be going soon. And then Atlanta and Milwaukee, like there's, there's so many, we've never seen these matchups. We haven't seen them in a long time. At least a lot of us have never seen them. So you don't, you just want, yeah, I don't think the, the Hawks have been in the, the St. Louis Hawks were, but I don't think the Atlanta Hawks have ever been to the The Clippers never been to the finals. The Suns have been to the finals. Uh, I don't think Bucks. this is Clippers' first time going to the conference finals. So. Yeah, yeah. So we, no. well, like, like you said, we're going to get parity this year, and I don't think people want it. Like they said they did, and I did. I did see a tweet. I, I don't want to. I feel like if I say this, it's going to come off as me being a, an Atlanta hater. But a lot of people are starting to kind of say, um, "Is this season the asterisk season as opposed to last year?" Because I don't believe in asterisk seasons, and this is well, you, well, like not 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 an asterisk season, but it's like, is this season the anomaly season because we didn't get a long off season, and now that we've gotten to the playoffs, like a lot of the teams that made it to the conference finals and the finals all got out early. Like the Lakers got out early, the Heat got out early. Um, I who else was it? Uh, the Celtics got out early. Hmm. The Nuggets um, were another one. The Nuggets got out. Like a lot of the teams that played deep into the season. Got knocked out early, it so was that's a why lot they, of injuries though too though. So and, they, and, they, and but that's what they're saying. They're right. like, hey, we didn't get a lot. We didn't get a regular off season. The off season was shortened, so you know that plays into the whole think, injury thing. I do think this season is a a direct result of the bubble season, if that makes sense. Like asterisk season, not so much. Yeah, like, that was the wrong word. Sure, I agree because, like you said, and LeBron tweeted about this a little bit that they didn't give players enough time between deep deep season playoff runs um and the start of a new season it take that's a lot of wear and tear on your body to play at nba finals or play six seven games a series a lot of wear and tear and so i think yeah we definitely are seeing the effects of that and it i i mean i can agree that it definitely affects it has affected who we're seeing now um we're seeing a very winded kevin durant we didn't see a lot of james harden Honestly, I don't think we've ever seen a lot of Kyrie Irving. I can't think of a season where I've seen Kyrie Irving play more than like 55 games. Um, and so, I, yeah, I can. I think we'll look back on this and see that this season was a direct effect of the bubble season, um, which I, was really fun to I watch. I kind of feel like a lot of this is going to be the changing of the guard, though. Um, first, my finals prediction, I believe it's going to be uh, conference finals, I actually have Milwaukee winning in five, uh, pretty convincing fashion, and it'll be a gentleman's sweep. And I feel like the Clippers are going to win in seven. The Clippers will win the championship in seven. That, that's what I feel. I think it's going to be a great series between the two. Uh, Kawhi will take his throne as the king of L.A., and, you know, the rest will be history. But as far as the, the bubble year and things like that, I just kind of feel like, we're seeing we're seeing a little bit of the old guard still, but it's it's a lot of new flavor that's in here, 
And that's good for the game. At the end of the day, LeBron James, you know, 17, 18 seasons now. You know, um, Kevin Durant, I mean, he's not as old, but he's 32. Harden's 31. Kyrie, he's always hurt, but he's 30. Chris Paul is older, you know. And we're getting a chance to see Trey Young ascend. And one thing, if if Atlanta, and I kind of wanted to do this anyway, if Atlanta had won, but we'll have to touch on it next week. But I wonder now that Atlanta is so deep, what are people's thoughts about that Trey Young Luca uh, trade? Because you know, for the longest time, it was all oh, it's all one sided, blah blah blah. Well, hey, look who's still playing. Now, granted, I know it's a team game, but Trey Young is the man on his team, unquestioned. Now, I understand the East isn't as tough as the West, but it's going to be good to see that story eventually. And I hope eventually the Hawks meet the Mavs in the finals if both teams can get it together. But it's really a good time to be a basketball fan. People got to get out of their feelings. Like, look, LeBron is only going to be around so long. Anthony Street clothes Davis, Kyrie Street clothes Irvin. Like, these guys can't stay healthy, so you can't trust them. And, I mean, the, the super the super team thing was cool. But actually, it could be a bit annoying. I, I understand that Brooklyn, this is their first year doing it. But it, it is good in, in the NFL when you have parity. And I feel like in the NBA as well, when it's a good parity, it could be a good thing. I'm just saying there's no way that you can look at Devin Booker and say, oh, this guy's a, a rising superstar. He's a star in the league. And then be mad when he has a chance at a finals win. I, I don't get it. There's no way you can look at Donovan Mitchell and be like, oh, I love Spider Mitchell. He's a great, great, great player, but I ain't trying to see the Utah Jazz in the final. So why are you giving him all this praise then? Do you just want this nigga to be average for <laughs> the remainder of his career? I don't I don't get it. I, I Embrace what the NBA looks like now. I'm excited to see new finals matchups. I don't think, like we said earlier, we haven't I – have, I haven't seen a LeBron list finals in a long time. And it's not that I'm hating on LeBron. I'm, you know, LeBron getting to the finals is always good. Um, but I'm also very excited to see new faces in the finals and new matchups and see new rivalries. And when the season restarts, we'll see, you know, these two final teams, whoever they are, go head to head and and what the NBA will try to, you know, make a marquee matchup. I'm excited for what the NBA will shape up to be. Um, and know. it looks it looks sustainable too. Like yeah. with Atlanta has a lot of young players. Like everybody on that team seems to be pretty young. Uh, I think uh, like Phoenix is kind of in the same bubble outside of uh, Chris Paul. But like there's a lot of good young. Like Utah is kind of the same. I like to see what they do. But even even with talking about uh, last year, like the teams that are in the conference finals now, like Phoenix, they went to the bubble and played I think just five games and they were gone. Atlanta didn't go to the bubble, so they got plenty of rest. Uh, the Clippers were knocked out in the second round along with the Bucks. Like they got out, I, the Clippers went seven. No, yeah, the Clippers went seven, and then the Bucks got knocked out in five in the second round. So they got a longer rest. So I think that's why people are kind of like, uh, is this season kind of like, is this season the fluky season? Because I can, I, I look at, I look at Atlanta's roster, I look at Milwaukee, I look at the Suns. I'm just like, that doesn't seem like a fluke. But the fluky part is, like, the Lakers being the eighth seed. That's fluky. You know, like, the 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 Brooklyn Nets kind of being injured up until now seems, like, fluky. The Heat being the, 
the sixth seed seems a little fluky. So I'd like to see, like, I feel like next season is like right. when we're actually going to see, like, who's who, like, for real. Um, yeah, I was just about to say that you'll know if this was a fluke season by what whatever two these last four teams, I say judge about the, the four teams in their respective conference finals. However, these teams respond next year, um, we'll be able to tell because I wouldn't expect either of these four teams to make major moves over the offseason. They may let a, a role player go here or there, but I don't expect any of them to make major roster moves. Um, so if we're at this time next year and all four of these teams are gone, then I think you can say the 2021 season was a bit of a fluke. It's going to be a lot of now questions. One, one thing that I do hope, NBA gods, and I hope it's not a fluke, I want to see Trey Young and the Knicks in the playoffs again at some point. I want to see that matchup be a Christmas Day matchup. In the in, well, not in, in New York. Yeah. In New York. In New York. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, it has to be in New York. Yeah. Um, that we discovered that rivalry. That that's something that I want to see. Um, I, the only thing Atlanta really has to do is resign John Collins, if I if I'm uh, thinking correctly. But oh, Atlanta fans gonna get you for that because they do not like John Collins, child. They, <laughs> they, they, they need to resign. He's all right. I want to resign John Collins. They think he is a money drain. They do not like John Collins. Oh, does he want like a, he wants a max contract or something? Yeah, that the ones I've seen are like we don't. John Collins. Is I've seen that, and I'm like, him. he seems like a solid player. Like I don't get it. Like he yeah. seems like he's not like freaking uh, Tristan. Uh, what's his name? Tristan Thomas. Yeah, the cheater, Tristan Thompson. Yeah, Thompson. He's not like that. Like he's he's a solid player overall. He has a good game. I I also thought John Collins was a solid player, but I have not watched enough Atlanta basketball to uh, firm to form a, a solid opinion. I'm, I mean, when I watch him play, I don't see a max player. Like I see a good role player, potential, like potential, like low potential all star. But like I don't see a max player when I watch him out there. Yeah, but you know how it goes. I mean, I, I definitely see a twenty twenty five a year, but Max, we're talking about near late thirties, early forties. I don't see that at all. Mm-mm. Definitely not. Not for John Collins. Not at not at uh, that white boy with the red hair. That dude's uh, nasty. Pay that dude. Like I look at that guy, I'm like, yeah, what? I don't look at him. I watch him play. I'm like, that dude's a baller. That dude can ball. Pay that guy. That's what he needs to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, what about did y'all did y'all see the uh, the thing was I know we're gonna try to we're not doing three hours tonight. The uh, uh, what's going on with like Zion and Luca possibly wanting out of their situations? Oh yeah, I did see that Zion doesn't like the way was it that his family's being treated by the Pelicans or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then Luca's just like. I saw something about Luca like flirting with signing the max, like wanting to sign the max contract, but also wanting to be out of Dallas. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's just, we can do that. Things are gonna happen for him. Um, it's either you sign the max contract and sit there and eat your food, or you get ready to be shipped out of Dallas. Um, <laughs> but you know, I hope better for Zion. I didn't, I didn't watch a lot of Zion this year. Um, I I don't know what the situation there is, but I mean, you know, I hope Zion finds a place where he would like to be. He's not a bad player. Um, I also hope Luca finds a place that he'd like to be, but likely I think he'll be back in Dallas. I'm I'm totally fine with these players doing this, yeah. like trying to get trying to use their power to get 
in a better situation. And I don't like for Zion, the Pelicans aren't like a poorly ran organization. Like they have pretty good, they have a pretty good roster. They're just a young team. They play in a tough conference. So like I would have I would have expected them to at least get into playing games. But I mean, it, it is what it is. But if he's if he if his family is not being treated well, then I'm I'm totally fine with him being like, you know what? I'm going to be one of those guys. I'm going to be the first guy to not sign that extension and just be like, you know what? I'm going to do my fulfill my rookie contract and I'm going to leave because I don't like how they're treating my family. Yeah. And that's things things like that. I'm gonna let you go. I got a quick quick story. So things like that what? can affect your franchise in a big way. So. When Tim Duncan was a free agent with the Spurs, I think it was like after year eight or nine, he went and visited the Orlando Magic. And he was literally going, like Doc Rivers was there, uh, Grant Hill was there, and I believe Trace McGrady was still there too. So Tim Duncan was pretty much like, hey, I'm, I'm coming to Orlando, whatever. Like, we'll figure out the numbers, all this stuff. But I'm leaving San Antonio, and I'm coming to Orlando to play. And before he could sign the contract, something came up about his family being able to ride on the team plane with him to away games. And they said no. And the rest is history. Imagine if Tim Duncan would have went to the Magic in his prime. Where would the Magic be? What would, we, what, what would they be considered as right now with that player on their roster as opposed to what they are now? All because they said, no, Tim Duncan, your family cannot ride on the team plane. That's pretty ridiculous when you think of it. Um, the only thing that I kind of um, like with that story, I just kind of wanted to know if we could get some sort of specifics as to how his family isn't being treated properly. Because, yeah. I mean, you don't want to – I mean, I understand Zion is your future. He's a superstar. But, you know, it, it's also like team dynamics. You don't want him to still be young and still actually be pretty unproven. I mean, he does seem potentially – to be a great player, but you know, you don't like, like I wouldn't necessarily ride his family on the team playing if that was the case or, or whatever the, the perks that he's looking for. So it would just depend on that for me, but um, I would like to know what's actually going on um, with that situation. Um, do I think, I don't know. I mean, I know they're not the worst organization, um, but they made a, a dumb coach hire. Like, and to me, when you do that stuff, sometimes if you do it repetitively, you can waste people's prime and waste their time. Like, get, get rid of the draft. Get the draft out of here. I'm telling you, get it yeah, out of here. They made a stupid. No, what they should have did, the Knicks should have got that pick because that's that that would have saved basketball. But they didn't, and it is what basketball. it is. But just to be honest with you, like, why would you hire Stan Van Gundy? He was a good coach in 2011. That was 10 years ago. He was a bomb in freaking Detroit. And, you know, times change, and it seems like he's the type of coach that is stuck uh, in the older times. You know, he wants to kind of pound it up there, play good defense, get it inside. And from what I've heard or what I read, David Griffin was the one that was pushing for Zion to be more of a point forward. And that wasn't something that Stan Van Gundy was trying to do. Uh, he can also be a bit prickly and stuff like that. So just a dumb coach hire, and it lasted a year. Now, now he's going to be on his third coach in his third year, 
And, you know, you can start to see the writing on the wall in a sense. I don't necessarily think he won't sign the, the rookie extension, but it may be a situation where he does try to force himself out eventually if they don't get it correct. It's something that I don't think is going to happen because it's something that we have never seen happen before. But I hope it does happen. I hope Zion is kind of like, hey, I'm out of here. I hope Luca is like, you know what? I'm out of here. I want to leave. Yeah. Put more pressure. Put more pressure on these front front office people and these owners to be better at their job. Like, do your job better. Don't just hire random people. Don't bring in random players that don't fit. Don't waste people's times. Don't like. You, do we? I watched the the Suns Clippers game, and like Boogie Cousins played. He played. He didn't play great, but he had like spurts of greatness in that series in that game one where I'm just like. Man, what what could have, and someone was asking me about it. So they were like, "Man, what could have Boogie been had he played for like a better team?" Like you put like Demarcus Cousins wasted his prime in Sacramento because they could do nothing with him. They could do nothing for him. That man was a twenty-five and twelve player, and and what? He's a loser because he spent time in. Sa- and I hate to say that he was a loser. Sacramento was a loser, and that stench on Sacramento is on him now. And now people look at him like, oh, well, Boogie's not a winning player. He's whatever, whatever. And the, King, yeah, and the Kings owner's just like, oh, well, 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 because we suck so much, we get the next lottery pick, so we get the next young best player. Like, that, yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem right to me anymore. It doesn't seem right that if you lose that bad and you're that incompetent, that they reward you with another great young potential player. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not right. Like, look what Cleveland did. Cleveland wasted four years. Like, LeBron left. They actually got uh, draft picks for LeBron. And within the, those four years, they were in the lottery every year. They had a top three pick for four years, and they could do jack shit with it. They didn't deserve All those like, players busted. Oh, no. Well, Kyrie was. I mean, well, Kyrie, I mean yeah, Kyrie, Ky- Kyrie probably would have busted had LeBron not come back. Yeah, because like he was getting never, hurt every year, too. You're right. Yeah, If LeBron never comes back, Kyrie isn't what Kyrie is or who we think Kyrie is. So it's just like, why are we rewarding Cleveland with more lottery picks? If you're not going to do your job well, we're going to punish you. You are going to have the last pick in the draft. Or, we, or we're going to get rid of the draft. And Dan Gilbert, you're going to have to come talk to these kids and convince them to come play for you after what you did with LeBron James. Now, now try to convince Kyrie Irving to come to you after that letter you wrote, or or the the, the owner from the Clippers. Try to convince Jason Tatum to come play for you after what you said about Magic Johnson. Yeah. Put pressure on these owners. Put pressure on these front office people to do their job good. Because if these players don't do their jobs good or do their jobs well, they're yeah. getting traded. They're getting waived. They're getting cut. What happens to these GMs? Maybe they'll get fired but they're just going to land somewhere else because it's a good old boy system. But what's going to happen to these owners? They're not going to lose any money. They're not going to lose any fans because they have the lottery pick coming up. So, nah, get rid of the draft. That's my agenda. I'm pushing this no draft agenda. (laughs) Abolish the draft. Hashtag ditch the draft. And I just think on top of what you're saying, the last six months or so, maybe seven months, I've been really – reading as much as I can behind the scenes on how different organizations work from like just behind the scenes. Like anytime I can see something to kind of put some perspective on something and like the good organizations 
their attention to detail is there. Like they, they do the extra research, they go the extra mile, maybe not from a cheating perspective or anything like that, but they put forth the work. Like, you know, they, they're going to investigate these players. They're going to put these players in the best possible positions to win. They're going to make sure they get the proper veterans there, the strength and conditioning program, um, the meal prep stuff, just different stuff like that. And I've even had the pleasure of um, meeting and speaking to somebody that is like a part of a Jordan brand and their nutrition program. And when they told me like just the way that they changed it up and how they schedule different things like, Hey, you know, this player is on a strict diet so they can only have this type of protein shake, these type of meals. They're going to be on this regimen to get their body ready for this. Whereas you'll have some teams that are just like, you know, just do what you want to do. If you want to eat pizza, drink beer, do it. Um, or whatnot. And I, I started it because I was looking at some of the stuff that was said about my football team, the Jaguars, and people were like kind of just making fun of the way that they were kind of ran. And up until they got this new staff in, they were really a second-rate organization that was constantly getting awarded top-end picks, and all of them are busting. And you have to think to yourself, like, okay, like I even thought, hey, it might be something wrong with our coaching staff. Like, how are you getting all these chances with top five, top 10 picks? And they're all busting. So I think the same thing could apply to the NBA, because like you said, the Cavaliers, they were garbage before LeBron got there. They were garbage with LeBron, but he was so good that he took them over the top. They were garbage after LeBron left. They're still garbage today. I mean, they even have selected some bright young players. They don't seem like they can get it right with that. It just doesn't make sense. They just put whatever on the floor. They're constantly recycling coaches. And, I mean, unfortunately, that's just how some organizations are. Some are ran like a well-oiled machine, and some of them are in disarray. That's my point. And if you're you're a basketball organization that happens to be located in Oklahoma City or Utah, and you're talking about, well, how are we going to get these kids to come play in our cities and all this stuff, how are we going to keep players – be better to job. Yeah. Point point blank, blank period. Have better trainers, have better uh uh tr- uh nutritionists, better uh, amenities like TVs, lockers, training staff, training facilities. You got to be better everywhere else. Yeah, your one game thing, and I'm sorry. The one thing that I remember and you may remember too, but when Phoenix was Early on in their run with Nash, Amari Stoudemire, and things like that, and even when they got Shaq, remember they got Shaq, everybody thought he was done. Everybody during that period used to rave about the amenities, the strength and conditioning programs, the team doctors and stuff like that. And it made it because Shaq went there, he was done. Grant Hill went there, he was done. It was a couple of other players that were able to kind of extend their career because that was the thing with Phoenix. Like, okay, well, if we go to Phoenix, they got these programs, they got this technology that they're doing to extend these players' careers, and that's something a player might think of instead of, hey, well, let me go to this shithole Cleveland where they have nothing and they're going to overpay me, but my career will be done. They'll switch coaches out ten times and the rest will be history. They, they said that about OKC. Uh, no one ever complained about, you know, the organization. The same, I think it's the same with Dallas. Like they have a great locker room and uh, great amenities over there. OKC is the same thing where they kind of give you a little bit more leeway 
to do things because it's like, hey, this is our Oklahoma City. Ain't shit out here to do. We're going to make it to where you want to stay. We're going to give you the things, you know, that we can provide to make your stay here better. And like, and it, it, and it is tough. I get it, but you you're competing with the lights of like Miami and Atlanta and Los Angeles and New York. If you're if you're in Utah, you knew you were in Utah when you bought that get, bought that team. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to have to do a little bit more to get people to want to stay. And that's just the way of life. That's just how it is sometimes. So get rid of the draft. And there it is. There it was. <laughs> well, it sounds like we're all pretty much wrapped up. Shout out to South Breeze for <laughs> disappearing <laughs> on people. Early. Yeah, I don't know how we made it to two hours, but we definitely did. I just want to shout out everybody in the uh, chat. Uh, Ayana for stepping in, uh, Shan, uh, Jif. Uh, also follow Jif on the TikTok sphere. I'll let her give out her information. She's actually pretty entertaining. And I'm not going to say nothing about that purple shirt, but yeah. Um, shout out to King Quest for always stopping through. Um, of course, the lovely, beautiful, intelligent, ele- uh, I'm sorry, elegant, intelligent, breath smell like peppermint. Mrs. Rev Run, thank you for you know gracing us with your NBA knowledge. We definitely appreciate you. Uh, shout out to Marcus. Uh, it is Father's Day, you know what I'm saying. I hope you had a wonderful day. Um, you know I, that, that's it for me with shout outs. I don't have any. Oh yeah, I do. My song of the week is gonna be because we were supposed to talk. I wanted to talk Kanye this week, but damn it, could have been uh, three hour, I, a three hour podcast easily. You know, but. It's going to be Kanye West all day. I love that song. That's my song of the week. I'm going to go with uh, sticking with that theme. I'm going to go Kanye West and go with Bound 2. Dang, I didn't listen to No Yay this week. I was very West Coast heavy. So I got a couple songs. Money Trees by Kendrick Lamar. It was his birthday this week. Shout out to him. Uh, Fizzle Dance. If you go up a little bit to Northern California, there's this little place called Oakland. Fizzle Dance by Mac Dre. Shout out to Mac Dre. Rest in peace, Mac Dre. Um, and then Vince Staples just dropped Law of Averages. Um, he's got a line that said something to the effect of, I love you because we black, but don't mess with my money because I'll kill you. And I agree. So shout out to Kendrick. Rest in peace, Mac Dre. Shout out to Vince. <laughs> I respect it. I love Vince. For Vince, Vince Staples is such a like funny, lighthearted guy. But like I went back and listened to his music again. I'm like, this is depressing. Fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, he just <laughs> tweeted. First, he, he retweeted himself saying, I'll kill you at Doc Rivers. That was about two years ago. He retweeted it and said, if anybody needs to treat, tweet through it in Philadelphia, I got you. But I guess it, Twitter made him take it down. So he tweeted, you can't even thug on Twitter no more. This is basically the new Bella Noches. Where can I go? It's time for me to wrap this up. So Jeez. shout out to Ben Staples for being equal parts funny, uh, aware of the world around him, and absolutely, like, I don't want to say gangster because I feel like I sound like a white woman when I say that, but like absolutely about what he be talking about. North. Shout out to all of y'all for tuning in. Uh, we are Keep That Same Energy podcast and we are out. Yeah, I need that Vince Staples album. Every now and again, you might need a little extra. Mm.
in your love life. Spice things up tonight by shopping at adamandeve.com with a vast array of toys, lingerie, and things to keep you coming. Don't forget to use KTSE at the checkout for free gifts to make your night just a little more spicy.